At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Big sales! Tell you what, man. What a great time of the year. NHL starting. NBA, I, I hate to do this right out of the gate to my guy tone. So watch this when I say this, the Sixer season starts. Why do I get an automatic anxiety attack? The Sixer season starts tonight. Why did I just get an anxiety attack? You know, I'm, 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 am I happy? Is it an anxiety attack? Is it going to be drama-filled? I mean, right? I mean, if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, you're doing this. Hey, man, I can't wait to see how this whole thing. I mean, but I just got an anxiety attack when I said Sixers. I mean, <laughs> crazy right out of the gate. I, I, I don't mean to do that to you. By the way, I, I didn't realize that the Phillies had never been in a Game 7 in their entire franchise's history. That's incredible, man. <laughs> I don't care anything about the Sixers until they get to the second round, plain and simple. Don't keeps it fair across the board. He's, a, he's an equal offender. You don't win a championship, dude. I don't care how many silver or bronze medals or participation ribbons you win. Means nothing. 23-2. and two. Good night. See you later. I'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. Look at Ho over here. What's the excuse for the Niners? Okay. That's where I was going. Thank you, Ho. Look at these idiotic fans right out of the gate. How do you think the Eagles would be without Lane Johnson and A.J. Brown? The narrative changes every week in the NFL. That's why when you guys say flip-flopping, no. Last night, three things happened. Debo wasn't there. Trent Williams wasn't there. Cousins played out of his ass. How would the Eagles be without A.J. Brown and Lane Johnson in a game? Just answer that one. Just answer that one. Would you, you would, oh, wait a minute. Look at how pathetically ignorant some of the Eagle fans are in here because you know what they've been doing? They've been crowing that they got beat last night because they missed personnel. I don't have any 
different opinion of San Francisco than I did going into the game, except for one thing. Purdy's got to be able to stay out of the bad play. It's becoming a little bit repetitious in it. But outside of that, this is the war of attrition. I told you this. This is the war of attrition. Eagle fans use that excuse for the Jets' loss. Oh, I see. But no other team on the planet can do it. Except the almighty Eagle fan. Guys are pathetic. What are you, 13 and 22 without laying in the starting lineup or some crazy number? Whatever it is, it's some psychotic number. Then you take AJ off the team. You guys make it sound like you're better than San Francisco by a lot. You're not. You are not. Every week is a different storyline for the NFL. That's why when some people in here go, Sills, he flip-flops in it. No. One week, one guy's injured. One week, another guy's not injured. This week, a team gets hurt. This guy has an inactive. The league itself is not consistent. I take that as a compliment, senor. Thank you. Thank you very much for the compliment. I appreciate that, senor. Thank you very much for the compliment. Oh, and by the way, Kirk Cousins played out of his gourd. It's probably the greatest game he's ever played as an NFL quarterback. I've never seen him play that well. Ever. You're not better than the Niners. You know how I know this? Las Vegas doesn't think it. Here. This isn't me. This is the, the these are the people that actually put money down and set the lines. Where is that? Here. This isn't me. This isn't mine. I didn't make this list up. Las Vegas did this morning. We're better. Well, the Vegas guys don't think so. Those are the people that are actually the true analysts. You know why? They put their own wallets up. Here. Quoting Las Vegas. Here's the odds. To win the Super Bowl this year, as of this morning. Kansas City, 17 to 14, 17 to 4. The 49ers, 9 2. The Eagles, 13 to 2. The Cowboys and the Dolphins, 10 to 1. The Ravens, 12 to 1. The Bills, 12 to 1. Lions, 18 to 1. The Bengals, 20 to 1. And the Jags 25 to 1. Vegas don't think you're better. But you think you're better. How funny. They miss a couple of players, and all of a sudden you think your narrative has changed because of your stupidity, stupidity and thinking of your record. That's what I say too, JM. Six and one. So what? It's how well you play that Sunday and who's healthy. And it will always be that way. You're right. I don't give a shit about the six and one either. I I don't. I could care less about that record. 
you need it for home field. That's that's right. Home field that's important. Great, six and one. I don't care. Just like you don't care if Trent Williams or Debo Samuel's not playing. I don't care either. Here, let's be fair here. Yeah. Oh, by the way, do I have an absolute incredible topic that is going to make everybody's hair on the back of their neck stand up? You know, today, usually, too, what I like to do is my top 10 NFL teams and my top 10 quarterbacks. We will do that. We got a ton of stuff. By the way, also, take a look back at that Washington Commanders game. Doc Walker will join us as well at 530. Longtime Washington Commander. Part of the broadcast team, he will join us at 5.30. He is always a great listen and watch. We so appreciate my dear friend jumping aboard. We got to start out also. Tone the segment will be at 3.30, but today we qualify all of our great friends for our Hooters giveaway. And all you have to do is be like Christopher and Ken, our winners from this week that was named on a football Monday. All you do is email us your information and you get an opportunity to win yourself some gift certificates with our great friends at Hooters. DanCilioShow at gmail.com. We so appreciate it. Thank you so much. Tone's going to throw a code word out for the next four hours. Identify it, email it to us, and maybe you'll hear your name called on a football Monday. Ryan says, are you going to beat the brakes off the Niners again? Are going to beat the brakes off the Niners again. You didn't beat the brakes off the Niners. At 260 yards against them. Lowest output all year last year. Hey, you're not better than them. You're as good as them. Okay? It's Dallas and San Francisco. Do you know what the battle between those two teams is now? Staying healthy. And who has the best record and will host the NFC title game? That's the only thing on the table. Guys, are hey, people are going to beat anybody. Jets beat you. Worst offense in pro football. The worst offense in pro football. Do I hold that against you? No. You lost to a team that might win five games this year. And I, 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 don't, I don't hold that against you. Okay. War of attrition, which means who's healthy. That's what the that's what the 49ers and the Eagles are fighting for. Nothing else. Nothing else. Those are the two teams that are going to do battle. Those are the two teams that are going to fight it in the NFC. I don't think Jalen Hurts is playing better than Brock Purdy. I think they're playing the same now. Jalen's got 10 turnovers. He's not playing better than him. And Purdy now is not playing better than him. So that race is kind of even now. Who do you have more confidence in? Got to be fair, say Jalen. Sure. Okay. Niners got exposed because two guys were hurt. Once again, answer the question. How would the Eagles be without Lane Johnson and A.J. Brown? You won't answer it because you don't want to face it. Say it with me. How would the Eagles be without Lane Johnson and A.J. Brown in the offense? Say it with me. That's what the Niners went with last night. 
their version of Lane Johnson and no A.J. Brown. It's not excuses. It's facts. That's not an excuse. I'm asking you a question. How would the Eagles be without Lane Johnson and A.J. Brown? Answer the question. You can't. You know why? You don't want to face the truth. It's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. I don't give the 49ers an excuse because you took out, Hassan Reddick took out Purdy. That was a football play. You've never heard me give the Niners an excuse that their quarterback didn't play through that. I never have given that as an excuse because a football play was made. I'm asking you a question. Who? Who? How would your Eagles be without Lane Johnson and Debo Samuel? No, it's not hypothetical. Because last night they were without their version and Trent played against the Browns. What are we doing? I don't know what you're talking about. The Eagles wouldn't be the same, period. The rule applies to every team in the NFL. If they are missing their top two or three players, the Eagles are not exempt. Tone, see, you're an intelligent sportsman. Some of these people in here are not. And this is why you have people who can't, would rather be lied to. And see, look at this guy here, rock steady. We'd be fine. He actually believes if no Lane Johnson and A.J. Brown are on the field, the Eagles would be the same offense. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get to this next topic. I think you better hope and pray that you guys have tissues next to you when I'm going to say about Jalen Hurts here. Will Hurts' health hold back the Eagles from winning the Super Bowl in 2023-24? Yes or no? Will that be the one determining factor in them winning the Super Bowl right now? He's limping around pretty good. Probably playing a knee brace Sunday. No? So Jalen Hurts' his health, his health, boy, I'll tell you, more of the stories are coming out, pretty significant. I was reading Crossing Broad. They said he's gutting out a significant knee injury. Go to their front page. He's gutting out a serious knee injury. I didn't say that. I'm quoting that. Well, Hurts' health hold the team back from winning the Super Bowl. He's limping. 11 says he ain't hurt. So they're making it up. Would you think of sitting in for a couple games? 
get him healthy? I think it's you in San Francisco, like I said. Would you think of sitting him? Toad says, hell no, get his ass out there. Okay? Especially with the gauntlet of the teams coming up. I think his health's going to hold him back. I do. Tones like everyone's limping part of the game for a dual threat guy. It'll cost him the Super Bowl. He's he's injured. Not to the point where he can't play. It's not going to get better. You think he started healing every week? And now that the commanders know this, Then these teams, Dallas? Hey, I knew some of you would add that narrative. I And, and, and so I, I probably have to say it. You come in with hate today after eating crow for, I didn't eat any crow yesterday about the dolphins. Sometimes you get the egg, sometimes you get the shell. I, I never ate crow yesterday one time. We said flat, hey, so I didn't get it right? Great, I didn't eat crow. You haven't won anything yet. Eating crow is when you win a Super Bowl. Not when you're right on a take for one day. That's not eating crow. You ain't won shit. You talk like you have a Super Bowl ring in your pocket from a year ago. You don't. Jalen Hurts and his health. Get this. And once again, like Tone said, all rules apply. That guy up in Baltimore, let me get this. You think his health decides whether or not his health will decide whether or not they win a Super Bowl? Do I think that that Lamar Jackson is going to be healthy the entire year? No. Dual threat! No, I don't. No, I don't think those two quarterbacks will ever win one. Because, watch this, they're going to be like the modern-day Michael Vick. Electric, great, never really healthy. Again, I have to at least stay to my guns on what I make of dual threat. And when we talk about Jalen winning ball games, it's great. Do you know that Lamar Jackson actually wins more and has a higher win percentage than Jalen Hurts? I mean, he wins a ton of games. Now, Jalen has significantly done more one year in the playoffs than what Lamar has done since he's been in the league. Lamar's only a year older than him. So he's, I like how the media is not making a bigger deal of Jalen's health and just ignoring it. 
when you have a quarter, I mean, you're not ignoring it in Cincinnati. There's a reason that team's three and three. They got a big game this weekend. Who do they play? I think Cincinnati. Doesn't Cincinnati play the Niners? That's a big ball game. Since you are a bigger lifter, does Jalen's lift give him less risk? Yes. And he's smarter than Lamar, football-wise. Plus, the Eagles are telling him to get down. Jalen Hurts is not the same runner that he was his first two years in Philadelphia. And quite frankly, look what they're doing in Baltimore. Do you know that Lamar Jackson, I think if I'm not mistaken, Tone, I could be wrong on this. I think he's got 69 yards rushing going into week eight. Lamar Jackson has 69 yards rushing. Lamar Jackson has only 69 yards rushing so far this year as starting quarterback in Baltimore. There's clearly a directional change in that guy's career. And they've done the same thing in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. That's why you're seeing high turnovers. Again, outside of the turnovers, I don't think he's playing awful. I just don't. But he's going through a change. Okay, I'm, I, I thought I saw. Is it 69 carries? Tone, is it 69 carries? He's got 363. Okay, that's great. Okay, I stand corrected. 69 carries it is. 69 carries, 69 carries. Okay, but there's a change. Look at his, look at his completion percentage. Okay. Look at his completion percentage. All right. Are you concerned about Jalen Hurts' health? Yes or no? No? No one? You're concerned at all about it. Yes or no? That it will be a significant deal. No. All right. We'll remember this day. We'll remember this day. It's not real news yet. Well, it's the first time when the quarterback has been talking or people have started bringing it up. By the way, Sills, does Brock Purdy still look like Montana? Um, no, because he can't carry the team. But the Niners are still just as good as you. Nothing nothing changes. He, he's 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 got to stay out of the tough interception. Hey, and by the way, He's having probably a little better year than your guy because he doesn't have as many turnovers. They were missing Debo Samuel and Trent Williams. I'm sorry. That changes each week. War of attrition. You guys really look at one week and take a narrative and completely change what you think of a team and not the entire package of the seven games that they've played? How idiotic. You're prisoners of the moment. Now, when you start to see trends, when teams like like when teams start to see injuries piling up week after week, that becomes a trend. You guys are prisoner of the moment. 
total prisoners of the moment. I mean, yeah, I'm concerned about it. We'd be lying if we weren't, but all we can do is let it play out. A lot of quarterbacks are dealing with the same sort of injury. Yeah, but tone again, a lot of players don't rely on both of your physical assets. I'd say 80% of the quarterbacks in this league don't rely on part of their offense being their wheels. That's what you get with that. Guy can have an injury. Joe Burrow can have an injury, a lower extremity injury, and not have to worry about it being completely healthy because this guy's more of a pack, pocket passer. He wins games from the pocket. He doesn't win games from the pocket and from the perimeter. There's a difference. Okay? So for me, again, again, this goes back to my initial comment when you guys were talking about style of play. Hey, not deviating off it. I'm not building my team around that. I don't care how smart he is, how good he is. Would you build your football team around Michael Vick? Would you build your football team around Michael Vick? Would you? If he was a brand new, shiny quarterback coming out of Virginia Tech, would you build your – it's kind of unfair because you know the, you know the narrative now. He was, wasn't he the number one overall pick? What did he ever win? And how many years was he healthy totally outside of the unfortunate situation he had? Two? Would you, you wouldn't build your team around him because you're not going to win anything. You build your team around a guy you're not going to win. Ask people who want to have Lombardi trophies instead of just having ESPN moments for highlight reels. Why would you want a quarterback like that? And he's not healthy. And there's a high ce- there's a low ceiling. I'd hate to see what he'd say if we lost to the Dolphins. I would say nothing. Your 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 game is two months from now. You guys are out of your mind. If you lost to Washington, do you think I would change my narrative on the Eagles? Why would you? Dude, this is about Philly getting to the finish line healthy. And hopefully having more wins in San Francisco. That's all this is. What are you talking about? Holy cow. Who gives a shit about the commanders except for one fact? It's a divisional game and it's an NFC game. Other than that, if you had lost to the Dolphins, I wouldn't have given a shit about it. Unless there were massive turnovers again and we... I won't change. I'm, how about this? If you lose to Kansas City, do you really think I'm changing my narrative that the Eagles aren't one of the best teams in the NFC? Why would you? Because you're arrogant. 
Don't tell me, hey, 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 Prince, you don't know me from a can of paint and don't pretend to. Hey, dude, if you think I would lie to people I've never met, you got the wrong dude. You've got the wrong guy. You lie to you, you lie to women. You don't lie to people who are sports fans. I don't give a shit. I don't lie. I'm not very good at it. You really think if you lose to the commanders, that's going to change the narrative that the Eagles and the 49ers are still not the two best teams in the NFC. You got to be dumb as hell, man. You got to be dumb as hell. So let me get this right. It, you play seven games all the way up until that those games don't matter anymore. It's just the weak games, and that's how you guys look at pro football. Tone, is that how you look at pro football? You don't look at the overall body of work so far. You just look at one game, and if you happen to trip up in a game, you think that's an indictment on your season? The only indictment on a season is, is when you don't make it to the playoffs or you don't win the Super Bowl. Other than that, everyone goes home, 31 teams. Whether you're a 12-win team or a two-win team, y'all lost. End of the day, go home. Wait till next year. Hey, my team was a little better. Congratulations for celebrating mediocrity. 49ers are not all hype. They're not. You guys can't take the fact that if Lane Johnson and A.J. Brown were not on your team, you think your team would be the same. Part of the NFL, man. It's not an excuse. It's the reality of the week. Don't you understand? Every week is different. Oh, as you call flip-flop. Every week flip-flops who the best. Wait, doesn't it every week flip-flop who the best team is? Or no? According to you and me, it doesn't. I still look at certain teams that I think have the talent to win a Super Bowl. Or some teams, the, the, the only narrative that I have right now on certain teams, some are just not consistent than the others. Some are. Some find ways to win. There's intangibles in certain teams. Like here's my narrative on the Eagles. Getting better on defense. Quarterback struggling, going from being just a run guy to a pass guy, but he's still improving in his accuracy. The receivers have an iconic year. The two tackles in the middle have picked their game up. Sweat's becoming a superstar. Swift is becoming a factor. They're implementing more of Goddard. This is going to play itself out the entire time. And this is going to be a weekly thing. Some games you'll win, some games you'll lose. But are you getting better to January? That's how I look at it. Do you look at it any other way? Which team wins with backup QB, San Francisco, KC, or Philly? Philly. Philly's got the more complete team. Kansas City loses their quarterback, Mark. They're finished. San Francisco proved they can't win without one. Philadelphia could win the Super Bowl without them. Again, the better chance to win it. I'm not saying he Mariota could lead them to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying that if you pick those three teams, Eagles been the best team in the NFC since week one. Not true. I, I disagree. 
Eagles have been the most consistent team. Actually, not true also, but they've been the team that has found a way to win. Okay? Has found a way to win. That's what I would say. Um, who's the most consistent in the NFC then? The, not, the, the Eagles. The, well, you really think you've played consistent football all year? How about this? You know what? To put that in fair, I'll tell you what, Moose. To put that into perspective on what you're saying, maybe you're right, Moose. Sills. In your eyes, have the Eagles been playing consistent football? No, but compared to the rest of the league, yes. Yes. The record proves this. Um, They've been playing the most consistent compared to the other NFL teams, but not been consistent in their own level of play. That's probably the answer. Okay? That's probably the answer. Okay? But again, we'll see who's healthy by the end of the year between the Niners and the Eagles. Hey, I I, I don't care what you think. You see the game really weird compared to me and other people that I know. Nobody sees the game like what some of you see it as, a week-to-week affair, that if one team loses, they're been exposed. Anyone who said that is an idiot. Okay, there, there's some trends now that are happening with Purdy. Got to stay away from that turnover, kid. Okay, and when you don't have pieces on the field, I'd like to see Hurts without, without A.J. Brown on the field and without Lane, see how he'd play. Again, this is part of what makes the NFL. Hey, you get this. You won the Super Bowl with exactly with what I'm saying. You did. You had the better roster. Eagle fans got to understand every contender in the NFL has and is going through some sort of growing pains. None of the contenders have played flawless football. The Eagles are not exempt. It's about who can put their team in the best position to win and in the end while battling injuries. No one is perfect contender, not even the Eagles. See, Tone's looking at it as a body of work and looking what that team does that respected week with all the work that they've done to get to that week. And that's exactly how you look at it. You guys look at it as you lose to the Vikings, you suck, and you're overrated. That's a dumbass way of looking at it. You just excuse everything that they've done. And by the way, you excuse the fact that they kicked the living shit out of a team that you struggle against. The Cowboys. You struggle against Dallas. Your quarterback is banged up. This is going to be a continuing theme as you go down towards that Dallas game. Here. Issues for the Niners. Quarterbacks got to stay away from dumb plays. 
49ers have to be healthy. Kyle Shanahan has got to not lose his shit sometimes in the fourth quarter when he needs to not panic and stick with the run. Cowboys. Cowboys just got to stop worrying about everything else outside, and they have to go to work. One thing Dallas, sometimes it just seems that they shy away from, putting the work in to be a champion. They'd rather put the media work in. I'll explain that here in a minute. And the Eagles are the only team that put the work in, know this, have a sense of urgency, understand that they want to play better. I said it to you on Monday. The Philadelphia Eagles are probably playing at 80% of what their capabilities are. I think that's a good thing. There's 20% room for more improvement as you get towards January and potentially February. Wouldn't you rather be that at 6-1 and one than talk about whether or not you think the 49ers are overrated? 49ers are going to be in the NFC title game. That team's going to the NFC title game. I don't give a shit what you think about it. And they're going to play you or you're going to play them. You make it sound like you got the, they got this massive lead or you have this massive lead over them. You play a tougher schedule too. We'll see, man. Dallas is only a game back now. One slip up. You've already slipped up once this year. So wait a minute. Let me get this right. So the Eagles have slipped up once. You don't think you slip up again, right? Because what? You're too much of a leaders and too much character. And um, that's great and all, man. It's the NFL, dude. You're not going to slip up. Okay. Right. Here, let me let me let me get to one thing I have to say about the Cowboys though. And I do want to say this and this is again why the Eagles are not just in first place in the NFC by a game or a game and a half whatever it is. You guys are 10 years ahead of the Cowboys. So what does Jerry Jones do today on his radio show? He comes out and he puts a blanket statement out that we're really happy kind of with. Do you know he had to basically respond to Howie Roseman and what Roseman did by getting Kevin Byard from the Titans and bringing him over, he felt that he had to respond that we're happy with our roster, who we have now, and it would have to kind of, in paraphrasing, blow us away. You see, how we beat him again. You know how we beat him? The Eagles don't talk. The general manager of the Cowboys throws these prophetic statements out about them potentially doing something or looking at something, but they never do. This guy just does it. This guy puts a ski mask on, goes in, gets his guy, and gets out. There, there's no, there's no bullshit about it. He goes in, gets what he needs, gets out. He's not greedy. He doesn't feel he has to tell the media the storyline of the Philadelphia Eagles in their pursuit of a position 
to go out there and make some sort of grandiose comments on two radio shows that Jerry Jones does every week. That's exactly the problem that he has. Do you know that Jimmy Johnson, and I get it, salary cap, all that stuff was not implemented. Free agency really wasn't a big, gigantic thing when Jimmy was there. However, his number one objective was to always try to turn over the bottom 1% of his roster every day he could. He tried to improve the bottom 1% of his roster. You know why? He didn't have to worry about the top 1%. You think how he worries about Hassan Reddick and Lane Johnson and those guys, or he's even addressing anything with those guys, except for maybe restructuring contracts so that he can make a move at the bottom end of the roster. He doesn't worry about those guys. He pays those guys. Then he's always trying to improve the bottom or the middle of the roster. That's what make that's what gives you a balanced salary cap and a balanced roster. This guy is beating, and I mean Roseman, is beating Jerry Jones so bad, he might as well take a baseball bat and slam it over his franchise's head. Because that's how bad he's killing the Cowboys. He's taking a sledgehammer and bashing that franchise in every year. Every year he's bashing their brains in. Yes, Eagles got better. And the Cowboys are in this um, delusion of the island of misfit toys. Your wide receiving core is not as good as you think it is. You don't have a number two. And you have an overhyped number one. Seriously, dude, if C.D. Lamb is better than Devontae, it might be by a tick. But would I take him or him? I'd rather have the better teammate and route runner. I'm just, it's, 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 a, it's preposterous. I mean... Look, man, how he's probably – look, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. is the NFL trading deadline. Roseman's probably got another move there. But watching the how, how – hey, does this football team need another offensive player? Maybe a running back and maybe a corner. I'll tell you one thing that the linebackers have done. They probably have quieted – the conversation at the linebacker position. Because once you get play like this, you might want to do this now. You know, I'll tell you what. Can I live with it? Can I live with it? Do I need more depth at corner? Because then I could drop one of these guys into the slot. Got to be looking at it that way. You know, I've been pimping Leonard Fournette down on the goal line. I, 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 I the, now again, he, he's a guy you got to worry about the Dunkin' Donuts. Okay? Jesus, criminy, man. As much as I like the Jones family, and I do, you know I do. Steven's been on here numerous times. 
But man, when you come out publicly and say, I'm pretty happy with my roster, and you got steamrolled. Again, one thing I'll say, and I've been telling you this, you're never going to kill the Niners. Or you're never going to kill the Eagles. You're just never going to kill those teams. Like, you're not going to beat the doorknobs off those teams. But you're going to beat the shit out of the Lions and the Cowboys. Why? Because they're finesse. You don't beat up tough teams and pound them and destroy them. You just don't. You beat the shit out of finesse teams. The Lions got crushed last week. The 49ers destroyed the Cowboys. Even the Cardinals destroyed the Cowboys. Isn't it funny how the narrative has now all of a sudden forgotten the Arizona game? Okay? Once again, you missed the point, SB. I said the 49ers and the Eagles will never get killed. Did you hear the words in the phrasing? They will never get killed in ball games. They may lose games, but they're not going to get killed in them. Because there are power teams. They're power teams. Okay? Hey, Barb, once again, you're under the impression that I get aggravated. I don't. I just talk loud because I'm Italian. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> I get upset when my cannoli doesn't taste well. You know what I'm saying, Barb? If my if my cannoli doesn't taste good, then I get upset. Sills, what'd you think about Purdy? Not a good performance. Got to play better. What are they five and two? They're fine. Let me get to my top ten NFL teams. Then at the top of the hour, we're going to do our top ten NFL quarterbacks. Should I do the MVP odds? Not my pick. 49ers are not a power team. Guy just put two bucks down to tell us that the 49ers are not a power team. So he just paid two bucks to lie. They're not a power team. And yet, they didn't have the best offensive tackle in the NFL in last night and one of the top five wideouts. And, but you think you're okay if you lose A.J. Brown and Lane Johnson. I don't know how pathetic you can be. Jalen Hurts would be on his back the entire night. So you think going to Jack Driscoll is the same as Lane Johnson and you would have the same team with Jack Driscoll at right tackle. See, Roland's laughing. Let me, let me show you what Roland's doing here to you guys. He thinks Jack Driscoll's an equivalent replacement for Lane. Big Trade thinks that Jack Driscoll would be a fine replacement. We'd be okay. If Lane wasn't playing. Yes, he does, Barb. He just said it. We have great... No... So the backup is the equivalent of Lane Johnson. You'd be okay. And then you take AJ out. 
<laughs> Devin, I think you're right. The Niners are a power team with some finesse and pizzazz. They aren't a bad team. They just had too bad. That's right. And, and, and get this cue ball. This is going to come down to that December game. It's going to be a great football game. Could determine home field advantage by that time. Could determine home field, depending on what the health of Jalen Hurts is by then. We shall see. Um, there's a lot to there's a lot to really look at each and every single week now with all the teams. And as Tone said, everyone's hurt. So with everyone hurt, the teams that you look at right now may completely be different in January. Kansas City loses Mahomes, it's over. But again, according to some of you in here, that's okay, next man up. Really? Eagles are going 8-1 and one into that game. Okay. Here are my top 10 NFL teams. At number 10, we do this on a weekly basis. I think the Seahawks have done a nice job this year. Little bumpy start early. I think they're getting better and better and better every week. You know what Gino has done? I don't think Gino looks as surprisingly good as he did a year ago. But you know what they are? They're getting enough out of him. And Geno Smith is playing, for the second straight year, some pretty good ball, man. You know, I really do dig what they're doing in Seattle. In this new passing NFL with the way edge rushers have developed and right and left tackles have equalized the value, these days edge rushers aren't just attacking left tackles. You have to be the top edge guys, right tackles. Yeah, and, and agreed, Tone, but still the salaries are all dictating on the left tackle's position. Trent Williams makes more than Lane for a reason. And the majority of the left tackles still to this day because why is that? And to Tone's point, it's true. They do line up those edge rushers. But as much as that's a factor, you still got to protect the blind side of the quarterback with the best player. As good as your edge rushers are, and as sometimes they line them up over right tackles, the most important player in your offensive line, the second most important is your center, the left tackle. He protects the blind side. That's why the majority of the quarterbacks in the National Football League are right-handed, and you don't see a lot of left-handed quarterbacks in the league. They're not going to draft a lot of left-handed quarterbacks because there's not a lot of right tackles like Lane Johnson in the league. Okay, I mean, that's the facts. You protect the blind side. And I get that these edge rushers, they move around. Well, you still have to protect the blindside quarterbacks. And you know what? It'll never catch up because you have to protect the blind side. It's a fundamental thing that you teach quarterbacks. Front door, side door, back door on escapes. And if you have a tackle on the, and if you have a left-handed quarterback, it's reversed. That's a fundamental way you teach your quarterbacks on how to escape pressure. 
You protect the blind side. That's why the right tackles make the money over there because they'll always make the most money over there. I mean, the quarterback doesn't, doesn't have the ability to do that. He has everything in front of him but the right edge rusher. And that's at least if a guy's coming at me and Mike is coming at me, I can get down. If he's coming at me from my blind side, I don't know if he's coming up on me or I'm going to get rolled up on. Okay. Top 10 NFL teams. I just told you the Seahawks. I got them at 10. At number nine, I really am liking this team more and more. I like the Cleveland Browns. I think the Browns, if they can get Deshaun Watson out there on the field, boy, I'll tell you what, man, they got some really good football talented people over there on that side of the ball. And I think Kevin Stefanski is a pretty good coach. I'm actually liking him. He's a head coach, play calling head coach. And he leaves. See, there's a dynamic like you have in Los Angeles that you don't have in Philadelphia. The head coach in Cleveland is the play caller and the head coach. Jim Schwartz runs the entire defense. And I like that dynamic because what you basically have is two head coaches. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do what you need to do. Whatever you think is fit. We'll, we'll stay within the parameters. Let me know what's going on, how you're going to attack, what we're going to do. I want to be on the same page with you if I'm a head coach like Sean, Mc, Sean McVay out in Los Angeles. I like that dynamic. Look at the two coordinators McVay has had since he's been the head coach in Los Angeles. Wade Phillips and Raheem Morris. Those guys run the entire unit. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. I think they're a good football team too. Number eight. I got the Lions here. Overall body of work. What are they, five and two? Has been good. You got killed last week. How do you respond? You know, I'm going to be interested to see how the Lions and the Dolphins respond. I am. I'm going to, I, I, I think that the Lions are better prepared to respond to what happened to them last week. Then I say the Dolphins. The Dolphins are in uncharted territory because Philadelphia beat the starch out of them. I mean, they absolutely beat the starch out of them. How are you going to – hey, when you get punched in the mouth and you get knocked out, they weren't beat. They were knocked out. Are you going to get up off the turf? It's one thing to stand there and you get beat. You get beat on points. You know, the referee gave it to the guy. He deserved it. That's one thing. Okay, but when you get knocked out in a fight, how do you respond when you have to get off the canvas? That's what I always thought made Ali great. Every guy that beat him, he went back and beat in his prime. That's what made that guy insane. Every dude that beat him, he went back and beat. You, it, one, of, one of the truly uncovered parts of Muhammad Ali. Every dude that beat him, he went back and got him in the next one. No matter if it was Spinks or Frazier. Went back and beat them all. How are the Lions going to respond? Got the Dolphins at seven. Um, 
I got the Dolphins at seven. They've done too much good work, but here's here, here's my question mark on the Dolphins. Are you tough enough to win a title? Can you man up in moments? You surely got a lot of nice shiny toys, but at the end of the day, are those toys worthy of winning a title? I mean, can I tell you what the Dolphins look like right now to me? They look like Dan Marino's Dolphins with Clayton and Duper. Sure put up a lot of yards. There's a lot of points. You get into an AFC title game against the Steelers or against the Raiders back in the day, you got beat. David, I like that. Soft and fast? Shit, I would never want to be those. I'm fast and I'm soft. What's the point of being fast? I can run around the ring? <laughs> yeah. At six, I got the Cowboys. Do I trust the Cowboys? No. No. But they've got just as many... They, they've got just as many losses as some of the other teams in the National Football League, and they're one loss behind you right now. So they're in it. You can't fo- – head-to-head could be a factor for the NFC East this year. Could be a factor. If you trip up one more time and you split with Dallas and you end up with the same record at the end of the year, you're going to have a conversation on who wins the East. And you could be a wild card even with a 12 or 13 win record. Hey, whatever you think of the Cowboys, do I think the Cowboys are in the League of the Eagles? I do not. I do not. But he beats you. Do I think the Cowboys are as good as a year ago when Dak put up five TDs on your so-called second-best defense in the league. No. I don't think the Cow- – I get this. I think the Eagles are actually not as good as their defense a year ago. But they're getting better, and I don't think the Cowboy offense is as good as it was a year ago. So take that for what you will. The Eagles made more gains on their defense than the Cowboys did in their offense – and they, they're going the other way. They're going that way. Coordinator's better this year in Philly. The run defense is better in Philly. I think the Cowboys are not as good as they were a year ago. Okay? I, I, I don't. We'll see. Dude, if you're going to sit around running around after beating the Chargers, and you think that's like an NFC title game. Wow, you really don't know what expectations are on winning a championship because the Chargers are not championship quality. That's not a championship quality team. And you're circling around um, Arlington and you think that you're on some sort of victory parade in Arlington or downtown Dallas beating the Chargers in a sloppy game. You got a long way to go, dude. Long way to go. Scott says Chargers stink. Just just not a championship team, man. Just not a championship team. You got a lot of talent. Keenan Allen's on that team. Mike Williams is on that team. Austin Eckler, that Slater kid, the left tackle's outstanding. Herbert, 
I mean, you got a shitload of talent. Then you got Joey Boza and you got Derwin James. You got all them guys over there, Khalil Mack. And you can't win and you're two and four? Man, I don't know how that guy keeps his job. They should be one and five, if you think about it. I mean, they should have lost in Minnesota. So now we're getting into the top five. My top five NFL teams. Number 10, the Seahawks. Number nine, the Browns. Number eight, the Detroit Lions. Number seven, the Dolphins. Number six, the Cowboys. And here we go at number five. Fifth best team in the National Football League are the San Francisco 49ers. Got to stay away from turnovers. You're doing something that the Eagles do on a daily basis, or I should say you're not doing something that the Eagles do on a weekly basis. You know what that is? I may not be playing my best ball, but you got to win sloppy games. You got to win sloppy games. Okay. Jets, I get. There was injuries in that game. Not an excuse, but it is. You 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 can't you can't just go like this. Well, you know, and and by the way, this is kind of a rip at me. You can't just go like this. Well, Trent Williams is out. And Debo's out. And again, it's part of it. It's a factor. But you got to win, man. You got to win ball games. And the Eagles win ugly when they have to win ugly. It's a testament to their team, to their players, to the organization. Outside, that's the best game I've ever seen Kirk Cousins play. I've never seen Kirk Cousins play that well. Never have seen him play that well. Number four, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars at five and two. They're getting better. Not a surprise. Doug Peterson's getting that football team each and every single week. Better and better and better and better. Calvin Ridley, NTN, Trevor Lawrence. The offensive line looks better. The defense is coming around, especially at the edge. They're setting it better. Okay. Um, Christopher says that uh, Kirk Cousins was seeing. What was it? What did you say? He was like, is deer in the headlights? 34, 44, 378, and two touchdowns? That's deer in headlights? Well, can I get hit by a car then? 34, 44, 378, and two touchdowns is deer in the headlights. No picks. That's deer in the headlights. Once again, man, 49ers since 2017 are 0-29, went down plus five in the fourth. Interesting stat. 
Interesting trend. Okay. My number three, big sales top 10 NFL teams. Are we sleeping on the Ravens? Are we sleeping on the Ravens? Why do I look at the Ravens and see that they are better than what their record is too? And I think they're five and two. You know, I, I wrote some Lamar Jackson numbers down. We'll do that in the next hour here, but wow. Are we sleeping on the Ravens? How about if this guy did what he did a year ago and he turns around and puts his team in the Super Bowl? Ravens are definitely flying under the radar. How about this Super Bowl? Lamar Jackson versus Jalen Hurts. Would you pay to see that? Boy, I, I, I'd go see that. <laughs> hey, there's your dual threat Super Bowl. There's your dual threat Super Bowl. Someone's going to come out. Hey, could you see Ravens and Eagles in the Super Bowl? My number two NFL team is the Philadelphia Eagles. And number one, obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs. And the only reason that the Eagles are not number one is because they've beaten you two games in a row. One just a few months ago. And they got Andy Reid. It's the only reason that they're not number one. So here, Chiefs one, Eagles two, Ravens three. Jaguars 4, 49ers 5, Cowboys 6, Dolphins 7, Lions 8, Browns 9, Seahawks 10. Um, that'd be the grittiest Super Bowl ever. I'll tell you what, man. You could it, It'd be like watching two Vince Youngs out there in a college game, would it not? Okay. We're talking about based off this year. Well, well, Rock, eventually you can't get you can't get you can't get credit for doing something you've never done. You've not beaten that guy yet. And he's the reigning Super Bowl champion. A guy like that wants to take the title from a guy who's the reigning champion. Until you beat the champion, you're not the champion. But you want to be named champion because you have an impression that you're better than the Chiefs. Do I think you have a better roster than the Chiefs? More talent on it? I do. That don't make you better. You had one last year. You had a better roster than them last year. You still lost. Why would I apply that any differently? Why would I apply that any differently? Hey, that's what I say. Whatever. That's totally what I say. Whatever. Till you beat him. Till you beat the champ. Till you beat Ali. Go around parading all you want, who you think you are. 23 and 2. See, the Chiefs are the champ. You're 23 and 2. Like you say. 
right? What's that number again? 23 and 2? Chiefs are the champ. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do my top 10 NFL quarterbacks. 23 and 2, Chiefs are champs. That's why you're second. The segment with my friend Tone will be at the bottom of the hour. Also, Doc Walker, part of the broadcast team for the Washington Commanders, Super Bowl champion himself when he was with the Washington Redskins. Also, we appreciate everyone that has come aboard with us with our great friends at Hooters. All seven locations in the Northeast area from Rhode Island all the way down to King of Prussia. I can't tell you how we appreciate everyone going into all the facilities, especially on the 40th anniversary of Hooters. The iconic Hooter girls are in there and absolutely just one of the greatest sights to see is how everyone has a great time when they go into any one of these facilities. NortheastHooters.com. That's NortheastHooters.com. If you don't want to go in, you want to just pick the food up and take it back to your crib, HootersToGo.com. That's HootersToGo.com. You got to try some of the 40-year traditions. Tuesday, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless. Wing Wednesdays, one of the 40-year traditions that Hooters has had since they started the place in 1983. By the way, that's the price all you can eat. Saturdays, kids eat for free. Six bucks, six items, all the happy hour specials. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. And when you go into any one of the places, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. 
We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. think they're going to roll the commanders this weekend it's going to blow them out you're the better team and what was the thing you said the jets game was uh what was what was that thing called an eye opener whatever that means i've not ever heard a coach use that word an eye opener you either show up or you don't I mean, <laughs> there's no eye opener. If you're in the NFL and you're surprised by something, you don't belong in the NFL. Nothing should surprise you that you have to have effort and play every Sunday. Remember, the media talks like that. Well, it's an eye opener, the Jet game. That is just made up. If you don't know that you have to show up on Saturdays and Sundays to play in a college or pro football game, you're not anybody I want on my football team. How do you not know eye opener? Teams get beat. Teams get upset. Make it sound like, you know, that Jets was just like some sort of freak, freak loss. How's that on the Jets? Because you weren't prepared mentally. That's a you thing, dude, not a Jets thing. Okay, 31-17. Let's take a look at the last game. And hey, where would we say the commanders are this year as a football team? What would you categorize them as? Good, bad? What would you call this team? A good bad, a good team, bad team, average team? Mediocre team? Four turnovers get you beat. Again, that's on the Eagles, not Washington. Um, low mid, average team, mediocre. So you get beat by, you almost get beat by a mediocre team. But that'll improve, right? Okay, let's take a look at what happened in that game before we get into the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. 31 or 34 31, Eagles win on a stupid coaching decision by Rivera. Should have went for it. I'd rather lose going for it than lose giving it to the better team. You're never going to win situations like that. 
you did you do not have the better team, but you gave the better team the opportunity to save their game. And they took advantage of it like they always do. How do you not know that? Honestly, how do you not know that? Ron Rivera, in my opinion, this guy's coaching more conservative than any time in his entire NFL career. Unbelievable. Riverboat Ron? Dude, that boat's got a lot of water on it. You need to start bailing. You need you need to start bailing on this thing. First downs. Commanders had more, 26-23. Total plays, they had more plays than you, 74-67. Total yards, Eagles had 415. The Commanders had 365. Passing, Jalen had 311. Commanders had 258. Rushing, Eagles had 104. Commanders had more, 107. No turnovers, time of possession, kind of in the middle, 35 to roughly around 30 in this ballgame. Where in the world are they better, and how did they stay in that game against the Eagles? There's one component that every single team that has played against Philadelphia and has given them issues, they've had one thing. Do you know what that one thing is? A D-line. If you have a D-line that can somewhat control the offensive side of the football, that's what keeps you in games with Philly. And they, for the last four, have been in every single ball game, but probably outside of one and won one. And they know this. They have probably as good a D-line, maybe a tick below. Okay. Chase Young was a factor for the first time against the Eagles. I actually saw him show up in the backfield a couple times. You got a good D-line? You could kind of play there. Guy says, I'm going to eat crow just because the commanders have played great against you for the last four games. How's that eating crow? What are you talking about? You have not blown the commanders out in three years. What are you talking about? There was a 24 to 8 game. They turned around right after that, that same year, and beat you by 10. The rest of the games have been between three and four points. What are you talking about? The last three? They've won one. They're one and two, the commanders. They're one and two against the NFC reigning champions. All you got to do is just Google it. Keon asked a good question. Is that good? Yeah, for a team you just called below average? Yeah. That's why I asked you the question. They're an average team to below average team. So you're one and so the commanders are one and two versus the NFC champion Eagles. 
And they're a below-average team. You said it yourselves. Hey, and they're only four-point wins or three-point wins. You're not blowing that team out. You never have, and you never will. You have a better chance of destroying the Giants, which you have, and do on a consistent basis. You know, Tone said something the other day about matchups. There's just some teams that have the number. The Saints have the Bucks. Minnesota has the Packers, or the Lions, I should say. I mean, that, Chicago can't beat any of those teams up there but Minnesota. It's just, I mean, San Francisco and the Rams, that's always kind of a game, too. It's not the law averages. When in four games, the point differentials three to four points, those are close last possession games. I cannot believe how some of you think that you've been killing the commanders, blowing them out. You haven't. That's not true. It's a lie. You never blow the commanders out. Browns broke the 49ers. They found the formula. 85, really? You think that? And now let me ask you, 85. Oh, solely to you. So last night, the 49ers don't have Trent Williams and Debo. And you think the Eagles would be the same if they didn't have Lane or A.J. Brown. They'd be the same. They'd be the same football team. How asinine do you come out of that game last night with a three-point loss or whatever it was last night thinking that the Niners are anything less that went through a week of injuries and it cost them? It happens. Happened to you against the Jets. Five-star goes, Debo is not AJ. Debo is their AJ. Wow. Debo's their AJ. Lane Johnson is no Trent Williams. You want to go there? Don't mean to be disrespectful to you, but you want to go there? And I like Lane, in my opinion, is going to the hall. Trent's a first ballot. Trent is in the conversation of Jason Peters. How many Pro Bowls does Trent Williams have? Now, I think he's played longer, too. This is just for me here. Trent Williams. Well, he's 35, too. I think um, maybe Lane's 35. This guy's a 10-time Pro Bowler. I think they're the same age. Ten Pro Bowls. Lane's 33. Guy's two years older. How many Pro Bowls does Lane have? Just curious. This is just for me. Is Lane a five guy? I think is Lane a five. How many Pro Bowls does Lane Johnson have? Lane Johnson. 
four. Still has a shot to get up to four, five, six. Could get to seven. Trent's going to go to 12 when everything is said and done. He'll be one of the most decorated left tackles in pro football history. Just remember the context when you're talking about Trent Williams. He's not just a dude. He's like the guy Jason Peters, okay? Those guys are like, you stand up and say their name, and then you sit down, okay? LJ, just because you have a ring doesn't make you a better ball player. It doesn't. So you think Trent Dilfer is a better ball player than Dan Marino? Solid take. Solid take. Commander numbers. Hurts was 25 of 37, 319, two touchdowns, 112-3. Was really good in that game throwing the ball, I think. Howell, 29 of 41, 290, one touchdown, 98-6. Probably the best ball game he's played as an NFL player. I like these Swift numbers, 14 for 56. Like last week, he had 62. I like those numbers, man. I like when he hangs out between 50 and 65 and 75 yards. I think that's so effective with their offense. Robinson had 45. AJ had 190, nine catches for 175 and two. McLaurin had eight for 86. Really, the commanders did nothing special in that game. Really nothing special in that game, but they hung in there because that's what they do. All right. Let's go to the segment. Let's go to my friend, Tone. Big Sales, how you doing, sir? 24 hours after the trade, how you feeling about it? Uh, I feel just as great about it as I did uh, yesterday, man. Uh, it's, a, it, it's, a huge, it's a huge move by Harry Roseman. You can't underestimate the damage he's done to other organizations in terms of the deal making. He just he just walks into the office with a ski mask and says, stick him up, man. He's he's an amazing individual in terms of deal making, his ability to always to always trying to stay ahead of the curve. Um, you know, when it comes to the way he lays out his contracts, you know, t- players want to come to Philly because they know they're going to get paid. And on top of that, Howard Roseman knows how to make sure that whatever move he does make. It doesn't hurt the team in the long term and in the now. Somehow, some way, he just has, you know, he's a capologist, like quite literally. Like he he has the pulse of this Philadelphia Eagles cap, and he just knows what to do. He knows what, what moves to make, and he knows how to make a deal so he's not harming this team in the long run, man. And let's be honest. The Eagles had like 10 or 12, you know, draft picks for the 2024 draft. You think they're drafting 12 guys? So, no. so you know, to give up, you know, uh, a fifth and a sixth, or was it a fourth and a fifth? I can't remember exactly what it was, but – um, to give up some three uh to give up two three day picks and a guy that you picked up in free agency that really wasn't playing well anyway, and to get, you know, a former all pro, former pro bowler. Um, he's 30 years old. Um, I know a lot of people got on me yesterday because I said he was in his prime, but guess what? I was you guys, I got happy. But the reality is he's 30 years old, he's a veteran, he has experience. Um, I believe he still has a lot of gas left in the tank. Um, and I think he's gonna do great things in Philadelphia. Um, you you can't say they got worse on defense, they only got better. So this, you know, th- this move is a low-risk, high reward. Again, what safeties do doesn't always show up in the stat sheet. You know what I mean? You know, just him being back there, having that experience, having, having that experience and being that presence, 
Um, you know, you can't you can't underestimate what he's going to do to the entire complexion of this defense. So I'm excited for Kevin Byard to be uh, back in Philadelphia. I would say this to you: thirty matters when it matters, and I haven't seen it matter yet. Exactly. So I mean, exactly. there's certain guys you go like this, like we saw Brady at the end of his time in Tampa, like the last couple games, like five games. That's when people started doing this. Holy shit, he short armed some passes. That was like kind of like the first sign that you ever really saw Brady doing such like that or overthrowing out patterns or something and check downs. It matters when you see it. And I haven't seen it on this kid. And 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 to just ping pong off of what Jerry Jones said today on his radio show, he comes out and he's like, you know, I really like my roster here. And here, once again, Tone, is what makes the Eagles a better organization from top to bottom when it comes to winning games is the fact that this guy does not do any talking. He goes, swoops in, gets his player, comes out. He doesn't telegraph anything on where he's going, what he's looking for. This is all conjecture, like guys like me and such, and what avenue they're going to go, safety, linebacker, running back, wide out, what have you. He's going to go out there, and he's going to swoop in. I mean, the Cowboys have been telegraphing it for three weeks now that they're going to make a move, and what do they do? They sat around once again, and here's this. The Eagles beat them to the punch again, and the Eagles consistently got better. They got better yesterday, and the Cowboys remained where they are, which in my opinion is just not good enough. You know, what stands out about the Eagles, right? The moves they make, they're not even the flashiest moves, but they're sturdy moves. Does that make sense? Impactful you know? moves. Yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, you maybe maybe you could have really went for it and tried to get Buda Baker, right? Maybe you could have, but you bring in Kevin Byard. That's a very solid move, a move that, you know, it, it, you may not really realize how important that move was until maybe the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like to have a guy with that kind of experience and he's hungry, he's in a winning situation. You've re, you reinvigorated his interest. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's, he's coming back to the city that he was born in. So, you know, there's a connection there. You have the AJ Brown connection again, being in a, a winning situation, you pair him up uh, with, you know, some, you know, regardless if they're having their best games or not, you know, Darius Lane, James, James Bradbury, they're still two of the top 12, top 14 corners in the NFL. Even if they're struggling a little bit here and there, they're still considered two of the top 14, top 12 corners in the league. You have to give them that kind of respect. And then you and then you add, add in Reed Blankenship, a guy who's coming into his own. You know, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, this is why I look at them always with the side eye because they want their respect in the offseason. You know they want to win the super. You know, you know they want to win the Super Bowl in Week One. You know what I mean? Oh no, they, they're the Super they're, Bowl champions of March. They're the paper tigers of the NFC East, and they, you know, Jerry Jones. I've I've never been a fan of an owner just having conjecture. You know, holding court every single week. I don't I don't believe in that. You know, I I, I don't even believe in a GM holding court every single week. That's just not, in my opinion, you're a distraction. You are, and and it completely undermines what your head coach is trying to do. Cause you know what happens? Whatever your head coach says, the players are going to look like, okay, what did Jerry say? And that's, and that's what I'm rolling with. You know what I mean? So I really can't, I really can't get behind or really get in line with anything the Cowboys do. I have zero respect for their organization. Um, I respect their talent. I, th I think regardless of how we feel about the Cowboys personally, they're a talented roster. That's, that's just the flat out reality, but will they ever put it together? I don't think so. And again, um, Jerry Jones, he's going to always be in his team's way. 
And he just he just doesn't realize, you know, that this team has never been the same and will never be the same until they get somebody in that room that can actually put their foot down. And, um, you know, you, you know better than I do, man. The Jerry, um, the uh, Jimmy Johnson era, it's it was one of their best eras, but it's also a huge blight on that organization because they can never, ever say they were successful without him. You know what I mean? Here's something. And they haven't proven that they could be. The further you get away from that era of where Jimmy was, the more you see how um, impactful he was on all decision-making processes Mm -hmm. that he had. Had 57 trades inside of five years. He was a guy who was trading picks, um, trading players for picks to get the picks turned back into picks. Mm -hmm. He was doing things on the Herschel Walker. He was evaluating talent. And they've never been able to recover. And once Johnson left, the Cowboys were were a dominant team at the point of attack. They've become a finesse team. You know, funny, Scott says something. He said something about, you know, the football team right now. And I, I, I would say this to you, that there's no question when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, um, the Dallas Cowboys think that they have the roster, but they just don't put – the work in to become a really great team. They just don't put the work in and it, it's it. You see it on a daily basis and the, the ego of the owner, he just gets so in the way Jones has been the worst element of the Cowboys over the last 27 years. I want to say this to you tone. And I want to kind of like switch over to what we saw last night. Mm-hmm. Do you have any different opinion of the 49ers now? Not necessarily, because the reality is that that team is still that team and they're still going to be there in the end. Um, this is a marathon. OK, and sometimes when you're running a marathon, you get a cramp. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to rehydrate. Sometimes you got to, you know, do some things and uh, maybe maybe you got to slow down. Maybe you got to speed up, whatever it is that you got to do to get back on track. It's a marathon. And no team is going to make it through this season unscathed without that game that they should have had. Right. Um, I'm not one of those guys that's going to say, well, they lost two games in a row. Their season's over. No, they're still five and two. We're six and one. We could easily lose a game and we're right back in the same track. You know, so um, I think the Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers are literally um, that's parody. That, that that that's literally the example of parody. You know, I think the I think the 49ers and the Eagles are literally like evil twins. You yeah. know what I mean? They are they are literally mirror images of each other. Um, so I don't really have a strong opinion either way. Now, granted, I'm an Eagles fan, right? So I'm I'm sitting there watching the game, like, yeah, I want them to lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of like, of course, I'm I'm an Eagles fan, so I of want course. them to lose. You know, that's my that, that's that's my heart right there, right? But when I'm looking at it objectively, um, I think the 49ers are ultimately going to be okay. I do think they've lost something on the defensive side without D'Amico Murray. Um, they're not as stout in the red zone as they were um, when he was there. Um, they're not a, they're not as sharp situationally um, without uh, DeMarco Murray. So, again, you know, we're going to see what happens in the end. We have a lot of time left to go. You know, the Eagles still have a, the Eagles still have a heavy part of their schedule to get through. Um, but I don't, I don't have a strong opinion about the 49ers either, either way, either way. But I will say this, though. Um, even though he was missing Trent Williams and Debo, right? You know, that those kind of things happen. I think when it comes to Brock Purdy's game, he's very good at operating in structure. I'm not I'm not even going to mention the players. He's very Brock Purdy himself, very good at operating in structure. 
Tua, same thing. Very good at operating in structure. You tell, you know, you point, he shoots. That's the kind of players those guys are, right? But what happens when the structure starts to crumble a little bit? What happens when you start when you need to improvise and play? He can't ad lib plays. He's not really an ad libber like a Trevor Lawrence, like a Josh Jaylen. Allen, you know, like a Jalen, like a Patrick Mahomes, right? And there's levels to that, right? But there, overall, I don't put Brock Purdy, I don't put Tua, I don't put those kind of guys in that mold where if things break down, they can make a play happen. Um, they're too they're too relied on their script. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, right? You know, there's nope. different types. You know, I'm not saying he's a bad it's quarterback. Style, but I just don't. I I don't think he can operate without structure. And not being able to operate without structure makes me nervous, especially when playoff time comes. I want to I want to apply what you just said here, and I know, by the way, completely different responsibilities and different positions and skill sets. Right. So, you're right. The one thing that you have to learn to live with, though, with ad libbers is minus plays. Exactly. And, and turnovers. turnovers. You have to learn to live with that because yeah. Tua and Purdy play the same way that Emmett and Barry played. Hey, you, if Barry Sanders would have a ton of minus plays in a ball game, mm -hmm. but he'd have two plays of 50 plus runs yep. in a ball game. And you have to learn to live with the ad libber. Whereas Purdy and Tua are not going to make as many high percentage turnover plays. Like last night, that's why I say inside of a structure tone, when you're doing two turnovers inside of a structure, you clearly have to get out of that. You, I mean, that was a problem for him last night was that in that structure, because you didn't have all the components in the field and on the field to play. Right. It can't affect you to turnovers. Right. I'd right. rather have you throw it in the stands than right. give a turnover or punt the ball. Be smart out there because what you said, you play in more of a guardrail offense. Hurts, they're trying to put a guardrail on Hurts. They're trying to do the same thing in Baltimore. Yeah. And same thing with Josh Allen. Josh Allen as well. You know, they've been trying to. They're trying to limit because, minus plays. Yeah, because, you know, with great talent comes great responsibility. And, you know, I think, I, or for example, right, I, if Lamar Jackson, right, he's been, he's been playmaking his entire career. I think this is the first year where they're actually trying to put him in some structure a little bit. And you're seeing the improvement in his game. I believe all playmakers, all guys who know how to ad lib, should know how to operate in structure. Um, guys who operate in structure only, they're limited. You know what I mean? They are limited. They're they're limited. But I think all guys Brady who was are limited. ad libbers should know how to see. And, and you know, and, and then you have outliers, right? You have guys like but a Brady. Brady who, was limited. He was Brady limited, was but limited he just that, knew what to do. Box. You know what I mean? It's but Tone it's, Brady was limited too. He was. he was limited inside that system but he knew the importance of a punt and yeah. playing for another series yeah then absolutely. you have guys like vince young when you say well you know you got to learn or even when they tried to change randall and philly when gruden got in you can't really change jalen i don't think you can change jalen and i don't think you really can change lamar if you're going to win a super bowl yeah i think what i you think have to those do. guys have to be those men and right. play that style of play and let them go eat. 
Yeah, I think, and, and I think that's that's why Shane Steichen was so great last year because he knew how to let Jalen be him, and still there was a plan. There was a there were there was still a structure to what they were doing. He knew how to take his skill set and and use his skill set to create the structure of Jalen Hurts' offense. Um, I think right now under Brian Johnson, I think he had a way better game against the Dolphins. I think he's trending slowly <laughs> in the right direction, but. I think when you know when I watch the Eagles offense right now, I'm not seeing enough quick reads. I'm not seeing enough quick passes, right? You know, trying to get the ball out of his hands, trying to trying to get him to a rhythm. I think the next step in Jalen's development right now, because we know he can play make, we know he can operate outside the pocket, we know he can Check do all down. those things. I think the next step in his development is knowing obviously, you know, knowing how to throw the ball more and still protect the ball. And not it's kind of hard. Jalen Hurts is a player that he's so electric. He can, do, he can do so many different things outside the pocket. And so when you try to reel him in, you kind of confine him a little bit, and maybe he's uncomfortable with that. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is trending in the right direction as a quarterback in his overall development. He does have to get the turnovers under control. But overall, what we're watching is we're watching a quarterback literally develop in front of our eyes. Um, he's turning the ball over, you know, at a pretty high rate right now. I don't like it. But – there's there's something you you have to take the good with the bad when you're watching a quarterback who let's be honest let's not forget where he came from he was a second round pick you know he wasn't as refined in year one as he is now so Jalen Hurts is literally developing in front of our very eyes um I'm pretty sure if you ask Jalen Hurts today he will not say he's a finished product so I believe Jalen Hurts's best years are are only on the horizon um again the turnovers are going to hurt you if you can't get a handle on them. You know what I'm saying? I can live with a, a t one turnover. A t and when an interceptions happen, it's a part of the game. You know Here, what I mean? Here's why I'm not that concerned yet about the turnovers. I it, It's an issue because it has to be addressed because it hurts field position. Right, right. And it hurts a very young defense because I'm still developing that defense on that other side, especially in the back end, that mm -hmm. I don't want to put them in uncompromised situations or they got to play on short fields first. I'm not completely comfortable with that secondary yet. And so for me, the number that I keep an eye on with Hurts is that 67-7. As long as I'm seeing that number continuing, mm -hmm. I know with the high volume of plays that he's throwing now, the high volume of passes, right. that as long as he's being accurate, tip passes, dude, that's part of it, man. It's just fumbles, all that shit. Sometimes it's a rash of them. Sometimes it's not. When you see that number go down to 61-4, that's the you see it 59, mm -hmm. then you've got major problems with a guy regressing like it saw with Wentz. Right. That number went the other way with Wentz when he was in Philly his last couple of years. You started seeing him not now. It was talent on the field as well, but it's the high volume of plays. But the reason why those 10 turnovers – they, they, they get kind of glossed over by me a bit is because you are 6-1. and one. And mm -hmm. I said this about the team last night. It's a great example of why the Eagles are 6-1 and one and why the Niners are 5-2. and two. Mm -hmm. Game like that last night, the Eagles win that game. Even if they play their worst game, they're going to win that ball game because they know how to win with running game, the passing game, the ugly game. They just what they're so versatile and the talent on the roster is so good 
that they overcome so many variables and obstacles, turnovers. Yeah. Maybe the secondary is not playing. They'll figure it out because the defensive coach is coming along getting better. Do you think they just figure it out on how to win? Do you think the Niners should have still won that game? Because I, I I know that again, I know they were missing Trent, I know they were missing Debo, but yes, they should have won that game. There's so much, they're still so much more talented than the Vikings. I felt like they should have won that game up. still. Hey, wait, so, here, here's something I, I, I don't ever want to hear. Wake up. Hey, man, if you got to be woken up for an NFL game where you make $30 million, you got a problem with Nick Boza then. I don't want to hear anybody telling me that wake up games, reality. I mean, dude, you're playing on Monday Night Ball. You've got to, you're playing an NFC opponent, too. That's yeah. going to count against home field because. Are you can Kittle still played, right? I mean, yeah. And, You've got to win that game. Yeah, You've I mean, got to win that ball game. And here, here's here, here's why I don't have any different opinion except for this. The kid's got to stay out of that turnover. See, mm-hmm. for him, get this, Tone, those turnovers were killer and critical to Purdy. Jalen's hasn't been yet. They're 6-1. Right. and one, And see what I'm saying? He can't turn the ball over twice and win a game. Jalen can turn the ball over three times and still win a ball game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, and, and and that goes back to my point about, you know, being able to operate, you know, outside of structure. Right. And being able to, you know, play through the hiccups. I we we we, we haven't really seen Purdy have to play through something. You know what I'm saying? And again, I think Pur- I think Purdy has officially solidified that he is a good quarterback. I, I, well, I, I, his he, body of work is he's a good quarterback. Really good. Is he great? I don't know. But is he good? Yeah, I think Purdy's a good quarterback. How about this question? Is he good enough to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, because he doesn't really turn the ball over that much. So, That's like, right. I mean, he's he's good enough to win one. I think so. I think so. That team, is, that, that team is so talented. I mean, I How think about he, this? Yeah. How about this, Tom? When you look at Brock Purdy, I see a lesser athletic um, Nick Foles. That's interesting. He's I'm not, not quite – Nick Foles is a really good athlete. Yeah, that, that that's interesting. I'm not going to compare him to Nick Foles because uh, Nick Foles is special to me. So uh, <laughs> Nick Foles is special to me. <laughs> he's the ultimate substitute teacher in the history of the, the ultimate substitute teacher, league. man. The ultimate. <laughs> he's the ultimate. And I, hey, man, and I love when I love the whole thing. I like that kid too, man. Oh man, I'm a big. I'm I'm Nick, I'm a Nick big Foles fan is immortal. Man. He's immortal. He ain't got to pay for another cheesesteak, soft Nothing. pretzel, water ice. He's immortal. He come to Philly, man. Don't man. let him go over the bridge, won't they? Man, Nick Foles. As soon as he gets to the, as soon as he gets to the city, man, the the the, the Broad Street parts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, hey, oh, I got a question for you. For sure, for sure. Are you are, at all right now? Do you think that this? Um, how about this? Let's be fair here, because I want to make it. I want to make it so because it's true. I mean, every quarterback in the National Football League has an issue with this, especially with some of the quarterbacks in the league. You think Hertz's um, health is going to be a factor in whether or not they win the Super Bowl this year, knowing that he's limping around now? I'll put it to you like this. I am concerned about it because the reality is we need him to be there at the finish line. And he battled things last year, right? You know, we've seen him, we've seen him battle through injury and so on and so forth. Like, you know, we haven't, it's not like we haven't seen him, you know, battle through things. Um, Super Bowl. But overall, you know, we need Jalen Hurts to win the Super Bowl. We do. I know this team is talented, but I believe we need Jalen Hurts to win the Super Bowl because 
I don't I don't think any other quarterback has the pulse of this team the way he does because it takes more than talent to win the Super Bowl. It takes a certain level of mental fortitude. It takes a certain type of leadership to get you there and to make sure you cross the finish line. Um, that was the difference, you know, with Nick Foles. Um, but you know, I look at I look at Jalen right now, and I am mildly concerned about the injury, um, for the simple fact that you know he, you know, his game, you know, his game is so, again, the ad libbing, the improviser, right? He moves around a lot. So the last Third thing down I, runs. The, the the last thing I want is for his game to be limited because of the injury. So in knowing that he's hurt. As a coaching staff, I think it's important that I come up with something so he can get the ball out of his hands quicker. Therefore, we can somehow, some way, get that leg right a little bit. And look, you know, it's, it's you know, we're only seven weeks into the season. And I look at it like this, right? Even though his game is predicated on being a dual threat guy and he uses his legs to create a lot of action and, you know, he he kills teams on third down. He, you know, he's a Swiss Army knife. He does a lot of different things. Even though his game is predicated on that, you know, I look at it like this. You know, there are a lot of these guys right now who are battling injuries. However, however they got hurt, whatever their style of play is, if you if you use your legs more, whatever it is, these guys, even Trevor Lawrence, right? You know, he was battling a knee injury um, in that Thursday night game, and the yeah. dude and the dude put up sixty rushing yards. Yeah, you know 60, what I'm saying? So sixty nine, something like that, right? Something like that. So you know, overall, my point is, right? You know, with the way edge rushes are coming around that corner, the way these D lines are more and more athletic and talented linebackers, all that kind of stuff. Regardless if you're a dual threat guy, all these quarterbacks have to have some level of maneuverability and escapability from that pocket. And again, Jalen Hurts isn't the only one dealing with injury, but his injury affects the Philadelphia Eagles. He has to find a way to battle that. I am concerned about it. That's the bottom line, though. I do, you know, I hope it's not more severe than what maybe it's led on to be. I mean, they haven't really given out too much information about it. Would you but, sit him if you if that thing progressed to be a tad bit more? I'm not talking about the big games coming up. I'm talking about games after the stretch, like the giant game. Once you get him out there, would you think of sitting him towards the end of the year just to get him a tad bit more healthy going into a playoff run? Last year, he went into the playoff run with an injured shoulder. I'd like to really see Jalen go into a playoffs healthier than he did a year ago. And right now we're sitting here, like you said, Tom, we're coming into the halfway point of the season here and he's got a knee brace on and he's limping around out there and the Eagles aren't saying anything about it because they don't want to put a target on anything and rightfully so. But I would think this, and like you said, Hey, Joe Burrow needs his wheels to escape a sack. He's not going to run for a first down. Jalen breaks teams' backs on third and 11. Right. Joe Burrow doesn't do that with his wheels. Okay? Right. That, that's And the guy in Buffalo is just a weirdo. I don't know how Josh Allen plays 17 <laughs> games playing that way. Because he plays like he's a stunt – he's like a stunt actor. Oh, I mean, man. I've never seen a guy throw himself off a building like that and still get up and get to the next play. Yeah. Has to be because he's 6'6". But, I mean, hurts his game. Even the Eagles have tried protecting that early on in the year when they were telling them to get down. I'm just saying it's been something that's been a focus, even with the organization from week mm -hmm. one. Yeah, man. You know, the reality is you paid him, you know, knowing, you, you know, knowing the way he plays the game, man, you have to live, you have to live with the results. You know, even though I'm concerned about the injury, I look at it like this, man, you know, he,
You know, I can't legislate injuries. I can't try to predict it. Nope. I can't try to. I can't try to tell them out there to play careful or whatever. The end of the, 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 you know, you know when you sign that dotted line, you know, you know what the risks are, man. And um, as much as I, as much as I want Jalen Hurts to be healthy, look, man, if he's good to go, he's good to go. Go out there and ball, baby. You know, you know that's just the, that's just the reality, man. Do what you gotta do. Take take your aspirin. Take your ibuprofen. You know what I mean? Eat, you know, eat your Wheaties. Whatever you gotta do. Get out there and ball. You know, I'll let him tell me that if you if you can't go, all right. I'll, I'll let, until the, until the doctors tell me otherwise. Jalen Hurts going out there and playing. Isn't it funny, Tone, that that statement by Boomer Sison on the program meant more now than what it did then when he said it that he's got to learn how to play with the contract. That mm-hmm. means getting better, playing with injury, being a leader. Mm-hmm. Is it that must it, all, it also must meant be exhausted. You know what's so crazy? It also meant because it's so funny you brought that back up. And you know, you know how we talked about um Jalen, you know, you know, swing, you know, start swinging your weight around in those meeting rooms, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's a I think that's a part of it too. It's you like bet hey, it is. It's, it's, it's like, hey, look, they invested in you. You're the guy. You don't have to worry, you don't have to watch it back here. You at the board of directors. You are you are you you are a decision maker now. So at so based off all of that, you know, you you have to everything. Everything needs to flow through you. No, nothing does it go without your without your stamp of approval. In my humble opinion, you know what I'm saying. Jalen Hurts, you're the guy. So, with that contract, you know, yeah, you got to make sure you're here for the long haul. But also, you don't want to you don't want to stunt your game, right? You don't want to you don't want to. They paid you because you play the way you play, right? Um, you know, I think overall, I expect Jalen Hurts to continue to trend in the right direction as a passer. You brought up something earlier that's really important: the fact that. If that completion percentage was going was going down, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll have a real problem. Yeah. But but the fact of the matter is, his you know, I, w- I was looking at Jalen Hurts' stats, right? And it's he's pretty, still making good decisions, it's just inopportune plays. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable, right? Let me throw something at you really quickly, man. Um, and this is just and this is through his four-year career as a passer. You know, I'm not talking about rushing yards right now, I'm more so just talking about his passing ability. Um, in year one, 2020, he only started. Uh, he only started four games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he had a 52% completion percentage in year one, 52, right? Rookie. In 2021, that 52% jumped to 61% in 2021. In 2022, his completion percentage jumped to 66.5. In 2023, his completion percentage is now 67.2. His yardage, his yardage in year one in 2020, just over 1,000 yards. Again, only started in four games. Um, year two, 2021, three, um, 3,144 yards, 2022, 3,700 yards. And in 2023, he's already on pace for about 4,300, 4,400 passing yards. Um, uh, touchdowns increase every single year. So my, my overall thing with Jalen Hurts is I'm, I'm literally watching a player get better and better and better every year as a passer. Right. And even though he, even though his game incorporates that running ability i believe jalen hurts is a player who can potentially get to a point where he literally runs as needed or his athleticism is strictly just to evade in the pocket you know again you got to stay healthy and you got to bring the turnovers down i think that's going to happen though the turnovers sometimes you get bit with the bug and it's your turn right um last year it was Dak prescott's turn um this year it's jalen hurts turn right now i think it's going to get i think he's going to improve with that but again i think jalen hurts as a passer has gotten better every single year and i don't see why it would stop um his diligence uh, his creativity with the ball um you know his uh, his commitment to just his overall off-season work as well his, his commitment to his fundamentals and his technique I, I i i believe in this guy 
that he's going to eventually get to a point where he's going to be one of the one of the two, one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, sure, you- is he not as is he not as talented or gifted as a Josh Allen or a Joe Burrow? Sure, right, but. You know, the game the game goes beyond just talent, right? You know, what are you doing with your opportunities? And I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a guy that's going to continue to capitalize off the opportunities and get better as a passer. It depends on what and how the structure of the offense is going to look, too. And yeah. what I mean by that is when you're asking somebody to develop and, – and get this, you're asking him to develop one part of his game, and that's why the turnovers are high. It's not him. Mm-hmm. It's all of them. Right. It's the play caller. It's the receivers. It's the tips. When you throw a, a tone, when you throw 200 more passes than you're going to throw a year ago, don't you think somewhere in there, you're going to throw more percentage, high percentage turnover plays somewhere in there where you're going to double your output in INTs. Absolutely. Until you learn with all that volume of offense, okay, like you said, Jesus Christ, do they ever run check down throws? I mean, do you? I see them trying to get the ball to Swift more, and I think that's totally by design on those routes that you're talking about going down the field of those mm-hmm. high percentage turn or high percentage turnover plays, and takes more time in developing to run those routes on a two hitch route. So it's taking more time for that. Him sitting in the pocket. Jalen's holding the ball a lot longer because you know why? There's more of those plays designed in the offense. And as they're changing their offense on the fly, that's why you're seeing the last two weeks more Goddard, more Swift, more Goddard, more Swift, because he's holding the ball too long, which means he's putting it into short windows, which means you're getting more tips. I don't know how many weeks we've heard people say this. Well, that wasn't his fault. Well, that wasn't. No. It's the entire way they're approaching and trying to develop him. His numbers right now, like you said, he's still throwing and almost completing seven out of every 10 passes. You're going to be thrilled with that. But you're also, it's kind of crazy what they're doing. They're kind of redefining him a little bit on the fly here. Yeah, I also think Jalen can be a little greedy at times. Um, And I don't mean that like, you know, he, he doesn't. I don't mean that in a bad way. You know, sometimes, you know, when you sometimes when you know what you can do, sometimes you you tend to go, you tend to take the harder route because you look at it like I can make that throw. You know, Josh Allen has that issue sometimes. Justin Herbert has that issue. Even Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, you know, after he lost Tyreek Hill, he had to reinvent his game because he was so used to having um, these big explosive plays, right? You know, down the field. He had to, he had to, you know, get comfortable with. You know, throwing the ball shorter, you know, getting comfortable with the check down, you know, methodically working your way down the field. Um, Jalen Hurts operates in an offense where this team is very comfortable going on 10, 12, 14 play drives. Right. But there are moments where I see Jalen overlook an easy throw. You know, I, I, I see I see him overlook the short throw and try to go to the intermediate and. It's it's it ends up maybe incomplete or maybe he completes it, but it was a much tougher throw. He likes to um, like he you know you know J- J- Jalen listen he likes to have fun out there, man. And when you're a quarterback, man, you like to you like to sling that rock. So, why I think he know. does that? I think he likes to chunk play because it opens up the third down run for him. When you're mm. thinking about him throwing the ball deep down the field on the on the uh, seam, and he throws those chunk plays, I will tell you what, think about it, Tone. Right. You keep those safeties honest. 
that he's going to throw it to AJ down the field down there. And all of a sudden, when he doesn't throw that down there, there's not a lot of checkdowns and not a, not a lot of underneath throws. I think that opens up his run game for him and why he breaks people's back on third and 11 because he does like those chunk plays. He And I think it's kind of like throwing, like I told you what, what Foreman used to do. He used to throw these big waving left hooks, never hit anybody. But he was waiting for that one time in the fight where he was just going to hit you in the head and knock your ass out. And I think that's what Hurts does on that third and 11. Dude, he has made more plays, in my opinion, than I remember on third and 11 that breaks people's backs and his feet than any throw outside of maybe that one throw that he had to AJ where it was on the sideline and it was right here and you could have ran it up. Maybe it was the Washington game where you could have ran it out, put it in his hands, and it was like a 45-yard out. That's the best pass I've seen him throw. And one in Chicago over the basket last year. With with the the bad shoulder. That was was after you hurt a shoulder. Yeah, you're right. I I thought that was a great play. But his breaking of people's backs on that third and 11, man, I can't tell you. I sit back and I watch a game. I go, there's not a chance in hell this guy's not getting. Get this. The two things the Eagles get on a consistent basis – Fourth and one, what are they, 14 and 15 this year or some shit like that? And Jalen on third and long when it comes to running the ball. Yeah, you know, Jalen, you know, Jalen, that, that's Jalen's game, right? You know, he Jalen Hurts, um, the, the Philadelphia Eagles aren't the best third down team in the NFL for no reason, right? You know, what he provides, it's a gift and a curse, right? You have a dual threat guy who, yeah. who can pass the ball and who can run the ball. Um, and with that, you may you you potentially put yourself on the line for maybe a different kind of injury than you know than you probably will get in a pocket. But you know the reality is, you know the way Jalen Hurts plays the game, man. You know I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I know we always debate. You know who who would you rather have or who would you rather build your team around or whatever. And you know it's a fun conversation. But when I really think about the way the Eagles are right now and them investing in Jalen Hurts, I'm happy with who he is. I'm happy with who he's becoming. And, you know, again, the turnovers are upsetting because sometimes you watch you're watching the game. And you, when I watch the game, I don't, you know how some people live stream watching the game. I can't do it because I'm too I'm too <laughs> animated when I watch the game. So, um, you know, when I see a certain turnover happen and then when you see the playback and you're like, damn, he didn't have to throw that ball. I get more upset with that. You know, it's different when a guy just makes a good play. That's different. But when I see him throw it in the session where I'm like, ah, you 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 missed that read or damn, you didn't have you didn't have to throw that ball. You could have ran it. You know what I mean? So, again, right. I think this guy. I think this guy's really just figuring out how to make, you know, how he's still mastering that superpower. You know what yeah, I'm saying? But you understand yeah. they're asking him to do more in Philly than any place in the league. Justin Herbert doesn't. Have- What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. have to worry about the run game. Joe Burrow doesn't. Patrick Mahomes doesn't. Um, Josh Allen, maybe some. The guy in Baltimore, for sure. But Tua doesn't have to worry about the run game. Joe Brock Purdy doesn't have to worry about the run game. None of those quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford doesn't worry about the run game. Yeah, they be, yeah. Hurts bears a bigger burden than most quarterbacks because so, he he right. So you're asking him to do more, and because get this, he may not be the most gifted passer, but you know where his gifts lie. His gifts lie in the fact. I mean, Tom Brady has said it numerous times. Jesus, I wish I could do what Jalen Hurts did, mm-hmm. not have to rely on me through. You have to rely on more high percentage turnover plays if you're Tom Brady than Jalen Hurts does. Yeah. And that's why you're seeing the high turnovers now because they're trying to make him into Brady and yet still eat their cake and you know all that other stuff here because yeah. they they're looking at it like this. Hey, I want him to be a runner too, but I want him to be a passer. How many places in the league do you see quarterbacks? Andy Reid's not asking Patrick Mahomes to do that. Yeah, I think I think if the Eagles want to extend Jalen's career, I think they're going to always have to – they, they need to always keep a running game around him, right? They have There's a to. pitch count around there somewhere and runs for him. Right, right. They need to – you know, they need to always keep a running I, – I, you know, it's so funny. We're in this new NFL, right, where, you know, the, the propaganda this past offseason was running games aren't needed or um, there's no need to invest in a running back position. And I'm like – or do you not understand who are the best teams in the NFL right now? The best teams in the NFL have a running game. You know, Jalen Hurts is a part of the Eagles running game, but regardless, all these teams have a running game. I think if Jalen Hurts is going to continue to develop the way we would like him to, and if he's going to stay as healthy as we would like him to, the Eagles have to always invest in that offensive line and always make sure he has some kind of running game because, look, the reality is, Jalen Hurts can't do what he does today forever. He can't because but, but the people in here think he will do it for 15 years. It, it just it just doesn't work that way. It's not Madden. It's not it's not a video game. You know the reality is hits add up, and you know you get older. You know what I'm saying? How many of us? You know I'll be honest with you. I'm t- I'm I'm 28, right? I'll be 29 in December, and. I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, I do not feel as good as I did when I was 20. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> you know what hey, I'm saying? Hey, so <laughs> don't, I make this I – I say this to people all the time. If, if certain guys in a game get hit like this, and then you got Jalen Hurts who goes – gets hit 25 times every game. Then he gets hit in the pocket another 10. And this yeah. is a nail head, and this is the hammer. Yep. And the other guy is going to have five and you have 25. And guess what, right? The nail head of Jalen Hurts is going to fall off before the other guy because it's just constant pounding. Yeah, It's the law averages, dude. 
You can't yeah. fight. You can't fight what physics. averages are. <laughs> you can't fight physics, right? <laughs> yeah, you right. This is physics here. A hundred hits to the knee versus three. At the end of the day, you could sit here and pretend all you want that that's Jalen Hurts is um Superman and that he's never gonna turk it turn into Clark Kent yeah. just with the fact that, well, hey, he could take 50 pounds, uh, 50 hits, and the other guy takes five hits a game. And it's the physics doesn't add up. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's kind of like Joe Burrow, too, right? He's not he's not a dual threat guy, but you know, oh no, his Cincinnati, injuries are mounting right now. That like, yeah, this that guy, if he Cincinnati, plays 12 years, I'll be shocked. You know, right? It's like Cincinnati, I think they're taking him for granted a little bit. My thing is over there, they got to do a better job of investing in an offensive line because you know, yeah. he, he, you know, he may, he doesn't play the game like Jalen, but you can make an argument he's gotten hit just as much he came into the league hurt he came into the league getting cracked all the time man and then even in year two then and then he comes in you know with the calf injury like you know look at the end of the day man like you know i don't care how many weights you lift i don't care all that kind of stuff man at some point you you, you get into enough car accidents <laughs> some something will happen to you hey, <laughs> so hey you get hit in the chin enough man something's gonna break on you yeah. well, i'm gonna leave you with this i want to ask you your opinion on it my top 10 teams, I got Seahawks 10, Browns 9, Lions 8, Dolphins 7, Cowboys 6, mm. 49ers 5. <laughs> you hate that. Yeah, I might as well say Kardashians to you, Cowboys. <laughs> Jaguars 4, Ravens 3, Eagles 2, and Chiefs 1. And the only reason I didn't put the Eagles 1 is because they don't have the belt. If they had the belt, I'd put them one. But until you beat the champ, you're still the champ. Yeah, and I mean, and the reality is, you know, when you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, you you know, you you know, that's already like, you know, that you're already you already get an edge with that, right? Um, I would probably still put the Niners ahead of the Jags. Um, okay, I, I, I like I like the Jags. Don't get it twisted. I like the Jags. Okay, um, but I still think the Niners are. Are, are better than them though. You think the Lions should um, be ahead of the Cowboys? Yes, I think the Lions should be ahead of the Cowboys. I do, I do. Granted, they had an ugly loss against Baltimore, but that begs the question: Are we underestimating Baltimore? Oh, I think because so. Because I've never seen Lamar look like that. Seventy-one-one. He threw for almost four hundred yards, and I, I don't think he threw more than thirty passes. I can't believe it. I mean, he. They've, that Munkin guy has changed him around incredibly. Would you put the Browns ahead of the Dolphins? That's a good question, actually. I, if okay, fully healthy Browns versus Dolphins. I'm so unsure about Deshaun Watson. I'm so unsure about him. That Browns defense is legit, though. I'm going to go with. I think Kareem Hunt's I'm, I'm coming go, around, too. I'm, I'm going to go with the Browns. I'm going to go with the Browns because that defense is so crazy. You know what I'm saying? That defense is so generational. Well, so far, they've been generational. So I'm going to go with the Browns over the Dolphins. I can, I can live with that. I can live with that. Seahawks, I have a 10. Would you put the Steelers there instead? No. No, because either. no, because um, I know they're four and two, but 
are they really foreign to? You know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. you look at them, but it's like mm, I don't no, really, I'm not buying it either. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really buying it. Um, the Seahawks though, it's something that they're doing something over there that's just they're just steady. They're just steady, man. Um, and I think they have a limitation on what they can do because of the quarterback. Um, Gino's not a bad quarterback at all. He's put, Gino has put himself in a position where yeah. he's he's not a bad quarterback anymore. Um, I put Geno Smith, I put Geno Smith a tier above a tier above Kirk Cousins. Like he's he's like I think they're the he, same guy. He's flirting in that Dak, Dak. Prescott. Uh, Kirk Cousins. I think he's better than Ryan Tannehill for sure. Oh yes. Um, you know what I mean. He. he I, I think Geno is better than Derek Carr right now. You think Geno Smith is better than Kyler Murray? Right now, yeah. I'm. Will, I'm willing to say that. Yeah, I'm willing to say that because Kyler that's Murray. Five eight. That's about four. That's about thirty million dollars of an answer. That I wonder what John Snyder, the GM in Seattle, would like to respond to on that one. You see, it's about a thirty million dollar difference, dude. You see, it was a struggle, right? I'm like, <laughs> you know, Kyler. Is it? I'll be honest, man. Kyler, man, his intangibles suck so bad. <laughs> like to the point where it's like his his intangibles are so bad it affects. His tangibles. You get what I'm saying? That, that, that's where he is with me. Um, Gino, I clearly see those guys. I clearly see those guys um playing for him. And look, I understand Gino. He hit his 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 career isn't the is isn't the sexiest, right? You know, but we've seen guys come out the woodworks in the, in this game's history and just they just Ryan play Tannehill turned his career around from Miami and Tennessee. Right, right. So, you know, I'm just, you know. Gino, I think I think he is their. I think Gino was their ceiling. You get what I'm saying? They have talent. Um, that defense is coming around, but they're very young. They're very, 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 very young. And I think I think coupled with Gino's limitations, I think that's what keeps them from being a true, um, conference championship contender. They're talented, but they're young, and I think and I think their ceiling is as high as Gino's. Finally. Going into the halfway mark, we'll do this again maybe um, next week. Who's the MVP of the Eagles? The MVP of the Philadelphia Eagles. Let, let me not even wreck my brain around him. You got to give it to A.J. Brown, man. You got to give it to A.J. Brown. Like, you can't – over 125 yards in the past five games, it's just – AJ, Jalen, Jalen Carter has made the number one run defense in the NFL, and him and him and Jordan, and, he, and has impacted Jordan Davis too. And get this, yeah. AJ hasn't impacted anybody on that team, but AJ and Jalen Carter has impacted the entire run defense. Jordan Davis next to him, and teams can't run the ball on your team, which was twenty-two and then sixteen in the last two years. He has had an impact on that defense like no player has had. Reddick is there. Reddick is coming on the last three games. Redick but is this up guy there. has He's been the there, impact but... player. Yeah, I think I think is I, you're you're not wrong in anything you're saying. You're not wrong. You know, just what AJ is doing, man. What he's doing is just it's just wild, man. But I I agree with what you're saying about Jalen Carter's impact. Jalen Carter's impact is insane. The entire right now. defense. He has improved the run defense by a mile. Um, 
you know, Jalen Carter has helped Jordan Davis. Um, but I also don't want to discount the the work that Jordan Davis no, 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 put no, in, no, in the no, offseason. No. Um, but AJ this. hasn't impacted the offense. Like like Jalen Carter has impacted the defense. When you He's say impacted in, the entire unit. When you say impact, do you mean because the offense everyone had, around him's better? Because he's there. Every yes, because he's there, everyone around him is better. Jo Josh Sweat continues hmm. to improve as a player. On the other side, Jordan Davis is up this game. Hard work, getting in shape, no doubt about it. Um, the linebackers have been hmm. impacted. Street walking linebackers have been impacted. You got a linebacker, Tone you hmm. cut, who's one of the top linebackers, and the reason. Your run defense is number one in the NFL. You're making a good argument, man. And, making, and get this, Devontae's numbers are down. Goddard's numbers are down. Jalen's turnover numbers are up. I mean, this but guy could, Carter has impacted I, the entire front seven. But couldn't I put that on couldn't, – couldn't I make that a Brian Johnson problem and not an A.J. problem? Because I feel like A.J. has done – you know, amazing things with his opportunities. And I understand that Goddard's yards are down. Um, I understand um, Devontae's yards are a little bit down. But look at it like this, right? Because I know there's a narrative out there where it's like they're force-feeding AJ and, you know, he's kind of taking over the offense. But hear me out on this, right? And then I'll let you go. The Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs, he has 78 targets on the season. The next closest player has 35 targets. That's a that's a 33. I'm sorry, that's a 43 target difference. That's incredible. The Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, 74 targets. The next closest player has 41 targets. That's a 33 target difference. Uh Bengals, Jamar Chase, 73 targets on the season. The next closest receiver has 41 targets. That's a 32 target difference. Chiefs, Travis Kelsey has 59 targets. The next closest guy has 34. That's a 25 target difference. Chargers. Keenan Allen, 64 targets. The next closest guy, 35 targets. That's about a 30-target, 29-target difference. The Lions, St. Brown, 69 targets. The next closest receiver has 49 targets. That's a 20-target difference. The Eagles, A.J. Brown, 75 targets. The next closest guy has 50 targets. And Devontae Smith, that's only a 25-target difference. So I'll look at it like this, right? Most of these offenses, most of these offenses that we have the most respect for, they have their number one guy that they're feeding. And when I look at the disparity between targets in the Bills offense and then Dolphins and Bengals, and then I look at the Eagles, I'm like, okay, is AJ really monopolizing the offense? I don't think so. So I think I, th I think he's just making the most of his opportunities and his his touches come in bunches. So it looks, it looks, it looks gargantuan, right? But overall, I think the Eagles need to do a better job in putting Devontae in the Smith where his talents can be showcased. I How think about they need this one, Tone. Yes. Is it possible that Jalen Carter's also made Sean Desai a better defensive coordinator? Very possible. And, and that um, on the other side, you know, we look at the we look at the offense and we've been questioning it since week one. And has AJ improved the offense enough where we're sitting here going, man, that offense looks exactly like last year. You know, we have more praise for the defense this year than we do for the offense because of where they're coming from. And I understand yeah. you can't go anywhere but down from a year ago for what you did if you have any kind of stumbles or any kind of turnovers. 
I'm just saying that when you got a guy like Jalen Carter and you put him on that unit, mm-hmm. the linebacking core gets better. Your secondary's better. Your run defense is tops in the league. Every guy that plays next to him is mm-hmm. playing. I don't know. Davis is having a career year. Sweat may have another career year. The mm-hmm. linebackers have saved their careers. The secondary's looking good. They're getting better on a daily basis. I, I just say this. That guy has made a massive impact on that side of the ball. Let me just put it to you this way. Jalen Carter's not there the rest of the year. You think that affects your defense? Absolutely. But I also believe if Edge is not there, the offense is nowhere near the same. Nowhere near the same. Who would you rather lose, AJ or Lane? (laughs) 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 What kind of shit is that, Stills? Come on, man. That's that's, that's, you. Oh wait, Mary's coming back here. You're a dirty. You're 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 a dirty. You're a dirty dog, man. You're a dirty dog. That's not cool, man. That's roll the barrel. Roll the barrel on that question. Roll the barrel. Good job, Tone. I appreciate it, my friend. Look oh, at man. that. I Big love shows. that. I, appreciate you, man. It's, it's, it's I love fun. that. I appreciate it, Tone. Way to go, man. That's my guy, Tone, for the segment. He's like, man, let me get out of here. <laughs> oh, Philly, Big Sills, we on top, my man. 49ers choke. Jalen Carter's great, but I also think Jordan Davis is actually underrated. Philly 500, man. You're the man. Listen, he is absolutely turned it up but i'll say this to you hey philly 500 i have a question for you before i go to a timeout so if the eagles don't have lane johnson or aj brown on the field like the 49ers didn't have debo and trent williams uh you think the eagles are the same team isn't this just a week-to-week proposition the eagles aren't the same team with jack driscoll blocking at right tackle (laughs) I mean, hey, come on, Philly. Jack Driscoll. Jack Driscoll. The human floating buoy. Come on, man. You know that, man. Come on, man. Philly. Come on, man. Okay. What does history tell you? Kean says, when Lane's not on the field, you lose. That's what history says. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. Yes, you're right. History does defend big sills. Debo's n- Debo is there, A.J. Brown. Come on, Philly. Come on, me. Dude, Jalen Carter is the MVP of that team. He impact that. He impacts the entire defense. The entire defense. All right. We got it coming up here now. As anticipated, the Big Sills top 10 NFL quarterbacks will be unveiled, as it always is on a Tuesday. Jalen Carter was a steal. Understatement of the year, my friend. Hey, if you're Chicago or Seattle, how you feeling about that? I'll tell you what, though, man. The kid they took, Witherspoon's a great player, though. He's a great football player. 
He he really is. Hey, our good friends at Hooters, do me a favor, guys. Seven locations in the Northeast area. Please do me a favor and check out northeasthooters.com all the way from Rhode Island all the way down to King of Prussia. Jersey, check out one of the facilities on the 40th anniversary of Hooters. Great locations, great time. The iconic Hooter girls are there to serve you, and it is a super environment. You don't want to go to any one of the places. Hooters2go.com. That's Hooters2go.com. Tuesday, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless. Wing Wednesdays, a 40-year tradition, 1983, all you can eat. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. And do me a favor, when you roll into any one of the facilities, you tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Out of your mind. Sorry, Tone. You're out of your minds. 
I said that, and, and James, thank you for posting it, my friend, that uh, Jalen's health may hold back the Eagles' chances of winning the Super Bowl this year. Shut up, man. You're wishing for an I'm, I'm not. He's in a knee brace. I'm not wishing for – I don't wish for that. I don't wish for my takes to be right. It's my observation. As I told you before, when we do sports talk, sometimes you get the eggs, sometimes you get the shells. You pick a team, you're not right. Dude, honest to God, this is all opinion, most of it. You don't like the opinion? That's what it is. Yeah, but you're right. I think I make you guys run out of excuses for your idiotic takes. Some of you are just pathetic. No wonder you get in fights with your old lady every day. Not that I don't. (laughs) Not that I don't. Hey, look at, look at, look at Scott here. Look at Scott, Mr. Blinders. This guy belongs in a horse race in Belmont. Who said he's hurt? You know, Jalen just wears a brace because he thought it'd be a good look for him. He's not hurt. He's not hurt. He's not hurt. He's not hurt. (laughs) Oh, because NFL teams don't hide injuries. Ask Atlanta how that's working. (laughs) Hey, ask Atlanta how that's working. Come on, Sills. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, before I get to my top 10 NFL teams, Doc Walker, Walker, by the way, part of the broadcast team for the Washington Commanders will join us. Former Super Bowl champion himself. Now, this isn't my intel here on MVP race. Okay? This isn't my intel. But this is who people are looking at right now who are leading candidates to win the most valuable player award in the National Football League. Okay? Number 10, Jordan Golf. Detroit Lions. Number nine. How this guy is on the Vegas board at nine, I have no idea. Justin Herbert. Really? You better go on a winning streak or something. Number eight. Christian McCaffrey. Let's see. It goes like this. Who said, how about them Cowboys? Hey, Jay Recruiter, eight and three versus the Eagles in the last 11. How about them, Cowboys? Herbert is a small game quarterback. True. Number seven, Trevor Lawrence. Dougie P. Number six, Josh Allen. Number five, Brooke Purdy. Cowboys still talking about years ago. 
Yeah, when your best years are in your rearview mirror, you are, right, Philly? But he, but to Philly, 500's point, here's the Eagles, 23-2. and two. Where's that trophy behind it? How come I don't see a trophy there? You're 23 and two or 24, whatever it is. Where's the trophy? Like Nick Sirianni's win win record versus Doug. Doug is 55 and 47. Hey, Philly. Hey, Doug Peterson is 55 and 47. And like Sirianni's what? 23 and 11, 24 and 11. Who's the better coach? Who's the better coach? The 55 and 47 or the 24 and 11? (laughs) Who's the better coach? Sirianni, there you go, maniac. That's right. That's right. Say it with me. You'd rather have Nick Sirianni's one loss record than... No, you'd rather have Nick Sirianni's one loss record than Doug Peterson's record. Only difference is you got a soup ball trophy on the <laughs> And the other one, you got a silver medal. Congratulations to you. You took the lesser of the door number two. Let's not make a deal. <laughs> yes, sir, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sirianni's nothing but a mascot. Pretty true, man. 23 and 2 a trend. Trend. Gotta win a Super Bowl. Super Bowl 23 and 2, 6 and 1. Nothing. <laughs> Here we go. Come on, man. I don't want you to cry. Some of you have tears for fears, man. It makes me really sad. Some of you guys just, just absolutely fall to tears. And I, I really can't help you. So. Yeah, oh, wait a minute. It goes Purdy, then Lamar Jackson, number four. Then Jalen Hurts, three. Vegas odds have Jalen at three. Duo! I thought you just beat this guy. Vegas odds still have him two. And then Patrick Mahomes, one. This isn't mine. I didn't put this list together. This is according to Caesar's Palace. <clears throat> Mahomes one, two, two, Hurts three, Lamar Jackson four, Brock Purdy five, Josh Allen six, Trevor Lawrence seven, Christian McCaffrey eight, Justin Herbert nine, Jared Goff ten. Damn. Tua! <laughs> Tua loses to the Eagles, and he's still the second favorite to win the MVP to Mahomes. Tua! <laughs> I don't know. I might not put that that way, but okay, I guess. The guys that <clears throat> bet the money... Okay, guys that bit the money, they're going with Tua. Shit. 
<laughs> now we get to one of the most important. You're an ass filled with cannoli cream. Oh, maniac. A true vulgarian. <laughs> maniac, a true vulgarian. See? You see a guy like Maniac? You never lower yourself. Washington Carver said it. Never lower yourself to the dregs of society that they will pull you down to the gutter. Rise above. <laughs> That's who I am. I never let that kind of stuff get to me. It's okay, Maniac. You live in the gutter. I live above the gutter. I like sunshine. You like darkness. You're always negative. I'm always truthful. And when I'm truthful, you call it a lie. There lies. The one <laughs> Philly 500. Yes, sir. No, no, no. Hey, Zeus, Jalen Hurts stinks. He doesn't stink, but he does have 10 turnovers. Seals acting like four years ago affects today. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Four years ago? I'm talking to you about how you can't beat Dak, Philly, and the last four games against the Commanders have been a grand total of three-point differential. But we're going to blow them out. You, hey, it's really a great conversation, though, to listen to you guys say you'd rather have Sirianni than you think Nick Sirianni was an upgrade to Doug Peterson. It's it's laughable. I'll even give you this. If you had Doug Peterson and Sean Desai in January, you win that Super Bowl by 10. And you know it. Philly, and you know it. Let the record speak. To what? You see, when a guy like Keon goes, let the record speak, it speaks of nothing. Nick Sirianni's record speaks of nothing. Nothing. There's nothing to it. I've seen great coaches fired before with great records. I wish Doug had his, had this squad. Dirty D, if Doug Peterson had this squad, it would be such a, it would, it, unbelievable. But you can't have that because general manager can't have it. He doesn't like anybody supersede his power. At all. <laughs> Look at Senor says it's hypothetical that Nick Sirianni, he thinks is a better coach than Doug Peterson. And that he thinks if Doug wasn't the head coach. So wait, Doug beats Brady and Belichick. And you lose to Mahomes and Reed. I'm still thinking those other two are better. Oh, God. 
Shit, even Jared Goff beats the um, Chiefs. All right, here we go. Here is Keon calls Doug a cheerleader. So, like when he called the Philly Philly play, thought that was analytics. That was somewhere on the sheet that he was on the play calling. In the heat of the moment to win the Super Bowl, he was cheerleading and jumping on a player's stool with a megaphone like that idiot was in Arizona. And he was just doing this. Run it. Because you what a tool that guy is. He just says shit because he likes being recognized because he stands on anthills. You know how many people in life stand on anthills? Ton of you. Here we go. My friends. Here are the top 10. Heading into week eight. Top 10 power rankings for quarterbacks in the NFL. Number 10. Three and three. How about this game? You got the Bengals versus the 49ers this weekend. How you doing? Bengals versus the 49ers. Okay? Bengals versus the 49ers. I got Joe Burrow here at number 10. Slowly climbing his way back up the list of the top 10 quarterbacks. Joe Bay! That's going to be a great... Hey, San Francisco better not drop that again. Hey, yes, sir, Tone. San Francisco could drop three in a row. He got Burrow on the tail end of a short work week this weekend. Where is that game, too? Is that game in San Francisco? Oh, it's in San Francisco, too. You better win that ball game, son. If Hey, am I right? Or, let me see something here. Did the Bengals come off a bye, too? The ba- hey, hey, Tone, did the Bengals come off a bye? I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they came off a bye. Okay, so they came off a bye, which means you got another week healthier. How you doing? Hey, man. 49ers could drop three in a row here. Number nine, the most gifted quarterback in the National Football League from an athletic standpoint. Or one of the top two. The Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Number eight, I have to do it, man. Can I get can I get this here? I gotta take a look at this. Tone, I'm gonna I gotta I gotta everyone, I gotta look at this here. I gotta see Kirk Cousins' year, what he's doing so far. Kirk Cousins stats. I got to see what this dude is doing here and see what Cousins is doing. So Kirk Cousins is on pace for 5,000 passing yards and 39 touchdowns and 12 picks. 
and 69% completion percentage. Let me get this right. Kirk Cousins is on pace for 5,000 passing yards. 5,000. 4,996 yards. 7.3 yards per play. He's on pace to throw for 39 touchdowns and a quarterback rating of 101.7, which is better than Hurts. Man, that's a spectacular year. Man, if Cousins was a winner, be considered one. Hey, hey, Tone, he's going to go into the all-time fantasy football Hall of Fame. I don't know how you don't have that guy on your fantasy team, man. That guy is a machine, man. He, I mean, he puts out some of the greatest numbers I've ever seen. Unbelievable. I got him eight. I hate to do it to you. Back. Back. <laughs> I got Prescott number seven. Hey, if you got Kirk Cousins on this list, don't you have Dak? Number six. Jared. Goff. Now we go into the top five. Number five. Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville Jaguars. Number four. The man from the city of brotherly love, Jalen Hurts. Number three, Tua. Number two, Lamar Jackson. And number one, Patrick Mahomes. Can't have 10 turnovers, dude. To be in the top three right now. Just you just can't. Okay? You just can't. Again, it's the offense. But here, will Hurts get better? Yeah. Yeah. Tua. Top 10 quarterbacks, power rankings. Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, Tua, Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, Dak, Cousins, Allen, and Burrow. Those are my top 10. Dude, Lamar, hey, and to what uh, Yale's saying, look at this here, man, what he's doing and where he's trending to. Here's what Lamar Jackson is going to do. And let me ask you guys something. If Lamar Jackson does this and gets his team to the Super Bowl, is he not the MVP for the second time? Because I want you to remember something. Doesn't these numbers and won't these numbers sound familiar? If he continues on this pace, 4, 486 passing attempts, 
345 completions, 39-10 passing yards. And will someone do me a favor? Look up his rushing. Oh, yes, 339. That's through seven games. So he's on pace for 1,000 yards? No, about 750. Well, wait. Three, okay. If he continues to go the way he is over over 10, he'll end up with 500. Then another, he'll be around eight 900 yards at the end of the year. Tell me if this doesn't remind you of something. 486 attempts, 345 completions, 39-10, 71% completion percentage, 20 touchdowns, 7 picks, 1019. I could swear to you that that's the same year that Jalen Hurts had a year ago. And if he gets his team to the AFC Championship game, how is he not the MVP? Right? Oh, I always love Arthur bringing up the Burt Bell. Two great, great Eagles have won that. Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. Tremendous. And Ron Jaworski won it too, by the way. Yes, sir. So doesn't Lamar get the MVP award? Gets his team the AFC championship game. If Lamar gets his team to the AFC championship game with those numbers, he'll win the MVP again for a second time. Right? Yeah, right? It's almost exactly what Hurts did a year ago. Right? Oh, oh, I see. You can't use that metric for another guy, only your guy. Okay? Well, the MVP, my friend, is not voted on for the postseason. The MVP award is voted on for the regular season. Jalen Hurts didn't finish second in the MVP award because he got to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts finished second in the MVP because of what he did during the regular season. So whether Jalen Hurts got to the Super Bowl or not had no bearing on him finishing second. Zero. Had no bearing. Zero. So that's why I revised that, because it had no bearing on him. No, he finished second. But according to some of you, if he had played all 17, he'd have won it, right? How many people think he would have won it if he played all 17 last year? How, how many people think Jalen Hurts would have won the MVP award if he played all 17? Do you think he would have won it? Pretty strong possibility. Mahomes had too good a year, though. All them yards and all them touchdowns? Probably not, but closer, right? Not reaching. He did this. He, some paces are the same thing Jalen did. Reaching. <laughs> I don't I don't need to reach. All I got to do is just tell you what a player did. It's not a reach. And what a player's doing. Like you wouldn't say right now that Jalen's playing better ball than Lamar, would you? Or would you? That's funny. I should do that. 
for the here, let's do this for the season. You think Hurts is playing better ball than Mahomes? I don't. You think Jalen's playing better ball than Lamar Jackson? I don't. You think he's be playing better ball than Tua? I don't. Trevor Lawrence. I probably do. He's not playing better ball than golf. Yes, Dak. Cousins. Cousins is a weirdo, man. I'm with Tone on this. Jesus Christ, man. You know, I mean, this guy's got every stat filled except the one loss column. That's got to be. Hey, watch this. He's going to throw for 5,000 yards and 30, and 30 touchdowns or 40 touchdowns. And you go like this. What's his record? Well, they're two and three. <laughs> Where am I going here then? Right? Josh Allen. Just too inconsistent, dude. You got to be there. You know, I mean, are you playing personally better than him? I don't know, man. I see you in games and I see you throwing grounders. Burrow, I think he is playing better than Burrow. I do. <laughs> oh, I was asked a question for my mid-vote for my NFL awards for the midway point NFL coach of the year. I'm going to tell you who I sent my ballot in and I have the names. Okay. I have the names. I'm going to do that. We'll do that at the top of the hour. Also, don't forget Doc Walker, part of the broadcast team for the Washington Commanders. Josh, what's his name? Not, not Josh. What's his name? The um, Sam Howe. Right now, they've sacked him 40 times. That guy's going to be in intensive care by the end of the year if they don't figure that whole thing out. So we will talk to our friend Doc Walker. That'll be at 530 Eastern. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. find some of the craziest stuff. I want to share some of this stuff with you guys. It's the craziest stuff. My friend Yale, I know you're in here. Yale, check this out. My 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 wife is cleaning up like, you know, dusting and stuff. So she finds this book. And she's like, clean this thing up. So I got this book. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't even, I don't remember where I get half this stuff from. Okay. She's like this. Did you open it? I go, no, I've never opened it. Look, I've never opened a book. She goes, open it. Signed by Cal Ripken. Damn, best of luck. Thanks for taking care of me. I'm like, okay. So I, I got a book by Bonds. And I got a I, look at this. Even I do. I, I'm I'm sure some of you guys in here don't even know who Russell Simmons is. Russell Simmons signed it. I, I don't even remember some of this stuff. And before the house died, uh, before the house died, they sent me and my wife this book, and she's like, you know. And in the middle here, Gordy Howe and his wife signed it to Kim and Danny. Um, our kindness regards Gordy Howe, Colleen Howe, Mr. and Mrs. Hockey. See that? And Howe. My wife's like, these are some of the best gifts. 
of all time. I got books from Jack Tatum. Dude, Gordy Howe is one of my favorite people. I, I've just put on my Twitter page a picture of me and Bobby Orr. I got a picture of Bobby Clark and I. Bobby Clark used to come. Hey, hey, before we move on, okay? Before we move on, did Philly like Bobby Clark? Okay? Did Philly like Bobby Clark? Bobby Clark delivered, was captain on two teams, two flyer teams that won Stanley Cups. Okay? Sky goes, we don't know anything about hockey. Let's see here. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Does anyone know who Dave Anderchuk is? Captain of the Lightning team that won the Stanley Cup. Sent that to me and said, Big Sills, I want you to have this because you were the pre- and post-game show host, Scott, for the Lightning. I was the pre- and post-game show host for the Tampa Bay Lightning the year they won the Stanley Cup. When your coach right now in Philly was the coach, John Tortorella. This puck here was captained by John Tortorella, your coach now. Okay? And the captain of the team was Dave Anderchuk. Sent me a puck. Are the Eagles the best team in the NFL? Why don't you ask this question? Khalid, ask this question. Do you think the Eagles are the best roster in the NFL? Because I don't like the Eagle coaching. Okay. I think it's a I think it's a three-team race right now. It's Chiefs, Niners, and Eagles. I, it's those three teams. I do not believe the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. You can't lose to the worst offense in the NFL. They can be beat too. Okay, offensively, are they? That's a good question, Twiz. Do the Eagles? Hey, Tone, what do you think of that? Do the Eagles have the best offense in the NFL? No. Well, when it matters. Because wait a minute, Sills, is the Eagle offense better than the Dolphin offense? Shit, yeah, when it matters. Yeah, but wait a minute, when it matters. I think the Eagles have the best offense in the NFL because you know why? When it matters, they perform. The Dolphins had a chance to perform in Buffalo and against the Eagles, and they did not. And they did not. Yeah, but 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 tone they 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 play when it matters. D- the Dolphins have not played in a game that you look at and went, dude, you had a chance against. But like like look at the Cowboys. So the Cowboys were in two football games that they got destroyed. Are you a believer in really in Dallas when Arizona killed them and when the 49ers killed them? I can't, I can't give Dallas a, a super amount of love. Because you were murdered. Dude, the 49ers have lost close games to the Browns, who have the number one defense in the NFL, 
and a guy who's on pace for 5,000 yards. Played his greatest game of his NFL career. Okay? No excuses. Every week's different. But nobody between those two teams gets killed like the Dallas Cowboys get killed. The Dallas Cowboys get killed. Okay? I feel you on that. I just never never satisfied. My wife hates that. Hey, Tone, trust me. That's the worst thing you could have. That means, hey, you know what Tone just said to me? That makes me love him even more now. I feel you on that. I'm just never satisfied. My wife hates that about me. Because that means you're a dick, Tone. So am I. All winners are dicks. Because <laughs> you're never happy with anything you've done in your life. It's okay. It's a miserable existence. You're not the guy that goes like this, hits quota. You're not a quota guy. Well, I got my four policies sold. Now I can go home and eat my Italian ice and have a cannoli and sit around with Maniac on my back porch. And he and I could eat Philadelphia pretzels and then wake up tomorrow and do our 14 um, our, our 14 <laughs> insurance policies, make our quota, and bitch about big sales all day. You know what I'm saying, Maniac? <laughs> Man, you know, Maniac's a guy you sit on the back porch or like Keon, you sit on the back porch with them guys. And all they want to do is just bitch at you about something. You see that the other day, man? Josh Harrison in the building. <laughs> I love you, man. Uh, man. I love Maniac, man. Even you, Keon, you're such a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. So am I, though. Hey, so am I. Uh, tones like this, I'm never happy. I'm never satisfied. Uh, welcome to real world, man. <laughs> All right. A twist, right? It is a twist. How come I'm not happy? <laughs> Tone's wondering why he's not happy. Come on, Tone. <laughs> Look at Bear goes, I love how he makes excuses for the Niners. It's not excuses. Hey, wait a minute. This is a guy who denies reality. He thinks that if he, they didn't have Lane Johnson and A.J. Brown on their team, that they're going to win ball games and they're not going to be significantly different. I don't look at the 49. They lost the ball game. So what happens? Do I, hey, watch this. So do you actually think the Niners aren't going to be a team that's going to play for the NFC Championship because of last night? How dumb, dumb, dumb. Super dumb. That's like saying that after Kansas City lost to the Colts last year, that they weren't going to go back to the Super Bowl. They're, I mean, they lost to the Colts. The Colts were terrible last year. Colts were terrible. Scott, I sent Torts a text. I'm trying to get him on. I love John Tortorella. Oh, he and I are such dear friends. Man, I love torts. Now, he's an acquired taste. <laughs> he, he's an acquired taste, dude. Fires out to 7-3 lead, man. How about that? Or 7-3 and three in the Metropolitan. Keeping an eyeball on him. I've been sending Keith, Keith Jones, some Texas, man. 
I think he's invited me and my wife to a game. How's that for you? Tony, you got to come. Somehow you got to get your butt there. We got to go to a Flyers game because Keith Jones has invited me to go to a Flyers game. Okay. Hey, okay. Doc Walker's going to join us at 5.30 Eastern. Doc is part of the broadcast team for the Washington Commanders. He was a Super Bowl champion with the Washington Redskins. We'll get his assessment on this team. Who are the Commanders? One week they're a good team. The next week they're a bad team. It just doesn't really seem that they have really um, any kind of continuity. What's the impact of Eric Bieniemy so far? We'll talk to our friend Doc Walker. Does radio in the local market there as well. Philadelphia Eagles had to put up with both receivers from the Vikings and 49ers. Can't even handle rookie Addison alone. Okay, David, so you come away with that thinking that the 49ers. And you couldn't handle Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, the milf hunter, beat you. The worst quarterback in the NFL. The 32nd ranked offense you got beat by. What's your excuse for that? Do you have one? You got, at least they got, hey, watch this. At least the 49ers got beat by the number one defense in the league. You got beat by the worst offense in the league. (laughs) Nothing. It's all good. Take a couple minutes off. We'll be back. Final hour. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. 
We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. is going to be the next head football coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Want to bet? <laughs> so now there's a staffer that was on the Michigan staff. I hey, get this. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Hey, Tone, can you contact Doc for me and tell him that this is going to be like normal with um with how we're going to do this. If you could do that for me, please. I'd appreciate it. Um, just give him a call there. Thank you so much, Tone, for uh, for Doc here. Um, see if we can get this going here. Just bear with me for a second here. Uh, link is coming. Did you send him the link, too? He's looking for the link. Um, producer is contacting you now. Okie dokie. Thank you, Tone. Um, um, let me let me let me let me do this to you here. Um, there is no doubt that where the team is going into this weekend against the commanders. Let's do this here. You come out of a game like that against Washington or excuse me, against the Dolphins, and you blast them like that. And you absolutely blast them. I would I would make this point to you that if you go into this Washington game, there's not a chance in hell that you're not going to put up a good performance. I think they're going to put up a better performance than what they did in their previous game. Okay? I do. I think they're gonna. I think you have to put up um, a a a a better performance, especially defensively. You know, I I loved what we talked about a little bit with Jalen Carter. I think Jalen Carter's your MVP in the first half. I don't think AJ Brown. AJ Brown has not made one player on that football team, including the quarterback, better. But Jalen Carter has made every guy around him better, including the linebackers, who was one of them was cut. Tell me right now a guy who's had a bigger impact on the football team this year than Jalen Carter. And impact means this. Everyone is better. Jordan Davis is better. Josh Sweat's better. Your linebackers are better. Your coordinator's getting better. 
What in the world has AJ added to Devontae Smith's game? Less numbers, less yards. Dallas Goddard, less catches, less yards, higher turnovers. Getting the ball to AJ, and you have more turnovers, eight, 10 total. Where has he improved anybody else's game other than his? Show me. Your quarterback's not better. Show me who A.J. Brown has made better. Can you? Reaching for, wait a minute. Morris says I'm reaching. Has these massive impact numbers of A.J. Brown made your offense better? Yes or no? Your red zone sucks, and you have the quarterback with 10 turnovers. And every other guy is having an off year. How is that reaching? How is that reaching? Thank you, Tone. Well, who who's benefiting from AJ Brown's season so far as a player? Name me one. Name me one. Your unit on defense is getting better because of Jalen Carter. He's impacted your run defense to a point where your tops in the league. Not even Hardgrave could do that. How could Jalen have benefited from AJ Brown when he's got eight picks, and 10 turnovers. How's that benefiting him? Steve goes like, okay, okay, Steve. Then tell me who's gotten better. A shit, Devontae Smith has gotten better? He's on pace for 800 yards and 20 less catches. Jalen Hurts is on pace for 19 interceptions. He's what you're saying is untrue. What I'm saying is Jalen Carter has impacted an entire defensive unit. He's infected the entire team on that side of the ball. Tell you what, you take Jalen Carter off that defense, you're in trouble the rest of the year. You're not going to get internal pressure with Milton Williams and Jordan Davis. And you're not going to have the run stopper in there that you have with Jalen and Jordan. Jordan's also benefited from having him. That He hasn't? Okay. Once again... Who in the world is benefiting from A.J. Brown as a player in that huddle? Curious to tell me who. Tell me who's benefiting. You got more hits on the quarterback. Um, shit, Lane even gave up a sack for the first time in three years. 
You're down at the bottom in red zone. High in turnovers. Swift is benefiting from AJ. So you think Swift is benefiting from AJ and not Swift benefiting from the O-line. Huh. Interesting take. There is no question A.J. Brown's having a great year at the expense of others. Getting him the ball, don't you think getting him the ball is part of also the issue of why Hurts' turnovers are high? Could it be? I'm not twisting nothing. I'm asking a question. Okay? Asking a question. Seals, do you think Washington to do the same thing as last year, Monday Night Football game? James, why wouldn't they? They've done it for the last four games. Washington and the Eagles play a point differential of three points. I know that, you see, James, if you listen to some of these stunads in here, they would tell you that it's going to be a 20-point game. But they haven't had a 20-point blowout of Washington in years. And so it's untrue and it's not factual. As a matter of fact, in the last three games, they've actually beaten you once, and they had you on the goal line, on the goal line, to win the ball game the last game they played. They should be actually 2-1 and one versus the Eagles, but... Poor coaching. That's actually a fact. I can't wait to get Doc Walker in here. Because for whatever reason, and people know this, there's certain teams in the league that have that ability to have great matchups. It's not a hypothetical. There's nothing hypothetical about that. Hey, hey, Tone, I'm, you know, he hasn't received anything yet. I'm going to send it to you again, Tone. Um, hopefully, we're able to get him on. Um, excuse me, guys. I appreciate it very much. Sorry about doing this on the site. Um, yeah. Sorry about doing this on the fly here. There we go. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Hate doing this. Very good. All right. Washington, the last four um, have been close. Have been absolutely close. So, I mean, make no mistake about it. This game, in my opinion, this weekend will be close because of what they have. And... Look, I really don't even know. 
what what they have as a team. One week I watch them, they look good. Another week I watch them and again, um they they're just so up and down. Now maybe again, it's the quarterback. Okay? Maybe it's the quarterback here with this. Okay? So without a doubt here, I think this game is going to be an interesting game to see who Washington really is. And if the Eagles play down to their competition here. Look, I'm going to say one more time. I do not believe that this is going to be a blowout here. I think this game is going to be a close football game. I think this football game is going to tell us a lot about, you know, the Eagles as they go forward here, because this is the kind of game that San Francisco lost last night. Okay. That's the kind of game that you have to win. Okay, that's a game you have to win. So we're waiting for Doc Walker here from the uh, broadcast team of the Washington Commanders. He's a good friend of ours, and we're waiting for him. Until then, what we're going to do here is we're going to go into something that I turned in for the NFL Honors, and that is the Coach of the Year Award. And I gave them my halfway point number in what I thought the coaches have done the best job of coaching so far as we go into the midway point of the season. Um, these are my 10 coaches that I have put out there that for me, I think have done the best job so far. Now, look, do I think these numbers can end up changing? I do think these guys can end up changing. And I do believe that if you're looking at the kind of coaching that they've done this year, I would say this to you that I think these 10 guys have really done a super job. All right, let's do it and start it at 10. I think the guy in Cleveland has done an absolutely sensational job. Having to deal with the whole Deshaun Watson situation and all that, I just can't for the life of me understand where Deshaun Watson is in this entire process. And I got Kevin Stefanski down here at 10. I think he's really done a great job. I think he's done a wonderful job at winning ball games. And if they can get that quarterback position figured out, the Browns are going to be a contender in the AFC. At number nine, I got Doug Peterson here. Kind of a rocky start out of the gate. I do think that Doug and the Jags are finding themselves now at five and two. I think he's done a hell of a job. Okay. And I do believe. He has, I really think, done a spectacular job when it comes to coaching that Jaguars team. At eight, I got John Harbaugh on my vote for the NFL Honors Coach of the Year from the Ravens. I think he's done a spectacular job. That Ravens team looks awful good. I got Mike Tomlin at four and two at number seven for Coach of the Year. I got Kyle Shanahan at six. I got Nick Sirianni at five. Robert Sala at four, Jets. D'Amico Ryans has done a spectacular job with that Texans team. I got him three. Mike McDaniel, I've got at two. And Dan Campbell at one. I got Sirianni at five. All right. All that being said, there's something about the Commanders in the Eagle game. And the last four games, point differentials, three points. Why? Only guy I know to ask that question to is my friend, Doc Walker, part of the broadcast team, Super Bowl champion, dear friend of mine. 
How you doing, big man? I'm good, brother. How you doing? All right, you tell me this. Why is it so, Doc, that you see a team like Washington, and I got the numbers here from the last game. I mean, nothing spectacular. 20, 26 first downs to 21 of the Eagles. 74 plays to 67. They had more plays in Philly. Not great in total yards, 365 to 415. I mean, they outrushed them by three yards, 107, 104. Every year, the last four games, it's been a three-point differential. I know it's NFC East, but what else is a determining factor why this game is always close? I think you nailed it. It's um, NFC East. It's like there was, you know, it could be a it could be a crappy game. It could be a crappy game, but it's going to be like the giant game. Maybe ugly, but it'll probably be close familiarity everybody knows what's at stake the birds will travel down here everybody travels everybody's place well that's why i love it i love it because it's twice a year and and so and this on the second one i know the eagles are still putting their thing together clearly maybe the most talented team in the in the nfc but on any given sunday you know you just got to go out there and lay it on the line and Washington right now is 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 wounded. They're dangerous because they got to know they left one on the table up in New York. And I'm sure New York's not pleased with their overall performance, but they got the W. That's all that really matters. So this game here, because you're breaking a new quarterback, going up against this Vonta defensive front, but they got to get to him, and he's got to get rid of the ball. If he can overcome this one glitch, that's just get rid of the football, this offense with Eric Bieniemy has shown it can be dangerous. Doc, is the wobbling of the commanders due to all the youth that you have and new faces and the coaches and all the turmoil that you've had over the last couple of years? Is it just the point that this this franchise and this team is trying to find itself because it seems that they're playing up and down the competition, which you know that that's a sign of a team that's just not a team that's a championship medal team yet. Is that where they are? Yeah, exactly. You nailed it. And when you're young and, um, you know, Jalen Hurt, Hurts has already shown you what he's made of, his mantle. He's a terrific leader. He's been able to overcome some adversity. And what, what they're striving for is championship competition, championship perfection. And yet, I don't think anybody, Frisco's, has shown some kick in the armor. And that's why it's making this season unbelievable because everybody should have hope. You should feel like you got a shot at this. But you can't lose twice to anybody. I don't care who they are. Not with, especially within the division. So that's why Sunday's game is, that's why the guys in Vegas, you know, keep building those beautiful facilities because nobody really knows. And you got to put your money where your mouth is. And so I, I wish I could tell you they've had some problems on the offensive line. Um, their left guard was injured in that New York game. They can't afford to lose anybody. You know, they had to play uh, in Atlanta without the starting left tackle and survive, got a W. All of them are ugly, but you just get those Ws. So I wish I could tell you I'm hopeful that the disappointment of losing to New York will empower these guys 
Uh, they had an angry locker room, as you should be in this league when you lose. And we, But talk is cheap. we got to find out if these guys are going to be able to not dig themselves in a hole. It's hard to, you know, third and long. It's not fun in this league. You made a, a living off third and long. It's not what you want. Offensively, we want to be in third and short. We want to be in third and manageable. That hasn't been their luck so far. Is Ron Rivera the right guy? Well, his record will dictate all of that. I don't judge them. I judge their results. They say a lot of the right things, but their results don't match what they say. I just go, everybody should be proven by your resume. Your body of work should be what the scoreboard and the standings say. Nothing else. Do you think he made a mistake by not going for it when it was on the goal line last game? In Philadelphia, was do you think that he had Monday morning quarterback? Doc, yeah, well, we're all right. After right, that. right. Monday morning quarterback. Do you think he thinks that over again? <laughs> yeah, we're all right. Well, he had a reputation in his past, and he's the guy who verbalized it that on the road you go, you don't at home, but they didn't do it. So the momentum, um, the Nittany Lion had just scored. I think you had the Eagles. You had them on their heels. Oh yes. Because they're going, wow. And maybe, you know, but everybody sounds great after the fact. They didn't do it. They extended. They went to overtime. And, you know, the better team was able to prevail. But what is real is that if I can spar with the champ and come out of there, I walk out of the ring. I'm not carried out of the ring. That's encouraging. I think anybody survives the Eagles, you got to say to yourself, that's how he measure himself. Now you go and you wet the bed up against New York, against the Giants. They're nowhere near the class of the Eagles. But it's what happened. I don't like the up and down. You know, I'd rather you be bad every week, and then we just start getting rid of people, start getting draft capital. You know that. Can't do that here because they, they're teasing you. And they have no idea. I don't know who they are. That's the problem. They don't know who they are. If they did... I'm sure they'd bring that group out and try to get some performance to it. It's where we are. And they're not alone. Yeah. Maybe there's 12 teams in the league right now in a very similar situation. The impact that Eric Bieniemy has had on the commanders has been what? It's been positive. I thought that was their worst performance offensively because, you know, I, I, I like Wink, you know, because he tells you, we're coming. He ain't hiding anything. So if a guy tells you he's aggressive and tell you that he is going to challenge your manhood and come at you, you got to have a better counter than they had that, that, I mean, and they had some opportunities, but again, can't make people catch the ball and they're going to bring, you know, they're coming. And if your counters be five to seven steps back in that pocket, as opposed to sprinting or moving out of that, you chose that. You chose it. You did it. It didn't work. Sam Howell, has he impressed you enough to use for you to say, you know what? Yeah, he's the future of the team. He's just got to clean things up. And you know this, Doc, guys need more reps sometimes to figure out who they are because you could look at a guy in the first 100 reps versus the last 100 reps and the guy could click in with the last 10 reps of that 100 reps, and all of a sudden the light bulb goes on. Oh, yeah. 
Is that where we are here with Sam Howell? I'd like to I'd like to hope that I'm right. My gut tells me that if he can't get rid of the ball and he ends up with 157, I mean, you just cannot. He's holding a grenade. Yeah. So how long can a guy hold a grenade and then you trust him? So that's the one glitch. And uh, I would have pulled him a couple weeks ago for his own safety. He got hit like eight or nine times, you know, and I would have thought that was it. I Because I have a guy in Bursette that has proven he can play in this league. Because I would have been trying to win the game I'm in, not teaching a lesson. The rest of those guys in there, they shouldn't have to wait through that. But they decided not to. So got to live with it. I like him. He's tough. He's got a gun. In this league, some guys have done it. But usually the guy with the rifleman wins because it's it's just physics. If he can get that ball in quick, and these DBs are cat quick. I mean, we're talking about tenths of a second to determine your fate in this league. So I want the guy with the gun, but the guy who's got to have the gun and he's got to have the brain that connects to know when to fire. I've got to measure a guy differently who holds a grenade in his hand and gets blown up over and over and over. The question is how much of that can you take? At what point does it become torture as opposed to teaching? Well, then that expands on to this question here. How many... And how much of those 40 sacks that he's taken do you think are Sam Howe inflicted versus the media blaming the O-line and the fans and everyone around the league going, well, they got a, they don't have a very good O-line. Well, like you said, if you got a quarterback holding on to that grenade too long, I don't care who you have back there. It's not all of him. No. Trust me, some of those are clean, perfect no-hitters. You know, you're hoping if an offensive line guy, if a guy can't give you two seconds – that maybe he shouldn't be in the league. You know, you're going to get some incredible – I think there's six, I call them predators. And they, they're like amazing individuals. And we've seen them. There's about six of them. And they're giving you at 2.1, they're coming. Thank God there's only about half a dozen of them. And uh, I call them aliens. And the kid in Pittsburgh, the kid in Vegas, the kid in Cleveland, the kid in Dallas – kid in San Francisco. I don't care what you do to them. They find a way to get to you eventually. Now, opening the play, Giants come in. That wasn't on the kid. It was a jailbreak. You know, if I got a back coming in, these backs, they're not blocking these predators. They may get in in the guy's way. So maybe you got to move the pocket. That's what coordinators have. That's what EB's got to figure out a way to do it. So I would think it's 50-50, not all on him, but we're all we're a unit. So if one guy breaks down, we all break down. They got to figure it out. And that's what they pay them to do. And so far, they're not doing a real good job at it. The ownership, I had Theisman on two weeks ago, yeah. and he likes this guy. And I'm wondering how you're feeling being part of that organization's legendary history with Josh Harris taking over and the environment, and what it is. And by the way, Doc, I'm not looking here to throw shade on any previous owner. I'm asking you moving forward oh, in, the front, plus. Plus. in the front window. Front yeah, window. A plus. A plus on everything. But I'm a guy in season. I need boots on the ground in the building talking football. I don't care about stadiums. I don't care. I'm not in, I, I need to know what immediate help can you help this group that's there right now trying to win games on a weekly basis, that's a lot to put on them. 
and they're doing a hell of a job. But I guarantee you right now, they're boiling because they've gotten three, four sellouts there. They've done their job. There are butts in those seats. But if they keep performing the way they're performing now, that may be a quick exodus because people are in a horrible mood. They've been treated like horse manure from the prior organization, and now they've embraced it. These guys have done a great job, but they have other interests. And what I'm looking for is who's going to be responsible for the day-to-day here. And that's what I think they've got to implement in helping. Everybody got to be about helping. They have enough talent to win, Dan. If they didn't have enough talent, they'd stick a fork in them. They have enough talent to get the job done. The question is, when are they going to do it? You know, Doc, I think sometimes our younger viewers and our younger audience and people don't realize what you just said, other options. That there were that, that's not Washington Redskins slash commander fans that I played against that I know. The people that I mean RFK used to rock like you were on a skateboard. And those fans, some of the greatest fans in the history of the United States are in hibernation. I mean, I get it because back then you guys spoiled them. You won so much that get this a 12 and four season was a shitty season for the Washington Redskins commanders. If you guys didn't get to a Super Bowl, it was such a high level of play with Bobby Bethard in the building and, and actually coach Gibbs and all them guys and Joe Bugle and all that. I mean, do you think you ever get back to having that kind of franchise? Look, the dolphins doc, they're going through that back. You know, when you and I were younger, the dolphins were the gold standard of the NFL. I mean, yeah. Who would have ever thought, Doc, in our lifetime, we'd be saying this, are the Bengals a better franchise than the Dolphins? I mean, I'd have to pinch myself on that. Well, you know, and and that's what we're seeing again. And what what, uh, Tua and company have done there, it's all three phases of it. And showing you the balance in this league that nobody's perfect. But the momentum is back there. You know, it's just like the U. The U is back. The momentum is back there. They stubbed their toe two weeks ago. But to come back in that, and so I know all you guys are really excited because you can sense that they're headed back in the right direction. All we want is those memories of the past to be rekindled again. I love when the Dolphins get together as soon as the Eagles and the Niners lost. Those guys got back together again. And they're the only group that's ever been perfect. They're the only group. And every time I see those guys, they got a little salt and pepper <laughs> going right now in, in the beards. But, man, I love seeing those dudes together as a unit. They've lost some. We're all losing some guys. But that, to me, means something. Tradition matters. We want people to care. And you still breathe that. Any uniform that you wore, you want to see those guys right. The old sombrero, they took one. I mean, Falcons went down there and beat them in their place. I mean, and that's kind of like, wow. So, but at least they're fighting again. I mean, they're 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 they have purpose. I'm pulling for Todd, man. Uh, he wore burgundy and gold. But hey, it happens. We want now from the viewer standpoint, week to week, we got clashes. It's exciting to to watch it. The Lions fell. That was I'm like going, Lions lost. You're going, wow, we're shocked that they lost. Dan's done a hell of a job. 
he's got the roar back in the Motor City. So that's cool. You know, we love seeing that. I love seeing what's going on right now. But it's still open, man. It's open. And I don't know what version of the Burgundy and Gold will show up on Sunday. That And, and, and honestly, it's all I can tell you because I don't have any idea. And that's not good. You ought to pretty much know what kind of effort you're going to get. The ball may not bounce you away every week, but I should be able to guarantee you that my guys are going to fight you all the way to the end. How about this, Doc? When you were on a Super Bowl Redskins team and you knew immediately, didn't you, going into that respected year, the identity, is that kind of what you're saying about this team now? You just really don't know. We're going into the halfway point of the season. We just truly don't know what the identity of the commanders are right now. I don't know. Got 10 weeks. I know that. I know that yeah. the good news is that you got 10 weeks. Everything is within your grasp. And it's going to get harder and harder every week because, you know, these powder puff training camps everybody's having now. <laughs> September is kind of like training camp. Guys are working their way into it. We're starting to see some vicious hits. We're starting to get football going now. Guys are getting cranked up in October. Halloween is on you either you got to have your crap together or you're out and and the cream's gonna start rising to the top and you know it and i know it it's coming around the corner this week is pivotal it really is and i know what the eagles their aspirations are really high and that's what you want you want to play the best and measure yourself they may have been disappointed the fact that they went to overtime they also lost you know they lost last year at home snapped their streak so I think the commanders have their respect. And that may even bring out more dog in them. So hopefully Washington's going to be clicked. If you heard the locker room comments after the game, guys were irate. But talk is cheap. And they need to have that attitude in their clubhouse every day this week preparing. If they do, I, I guarantee they're going to fight. The question is, are they going to be skillful enough to win the ball game? couple last questions for you, Doc. Okay. Um, do you agree, Doc, that this game, like you said, is not just pivotal on the season on what kind of record and the future of Ron Rivera, but you mentioned next Tuesday's trading deadline, two in a way, that could it be something like this? Say they put another L up there. Could it be a situation where they're building for the future because of the new ownership that they – I'm not saying fire Ron or this and that, but I'm saying could you see – the the commanders get into a position kind of like the Titans are right now where you maybe see the hand go up? I could never envision that, but under the circumstances, the ownership group would then have to have boots on the ground. I don't think you could do that with your attention in several of the sports. Whoever is in charge of the commanders then would have to be looking at assets. In other words, I don't want this current group affecting the future of anything unless they're going to be a part of the future of it. That's my point. I want their focus on winning week to week. So I just think it's way too complicated to predict, yeah, they'll move this and move that. I think their focus ought to be on trying to beat the Eagles, period. Chase Young, um, has he rebounded in your rebounding? He's rebounding. You see it again. You see the kid we saw his rookie year because, to me, that kid his rookie year, Doc, I'm going to make this, and I know a lot of people won't agree with me, that kid is more talented 
than the kid in Dallas, Michael Parsons, when healthy and when his rookie year, that kid was a force. And if he gets back to that guy, that he's 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 a him. Oh, he's that guy. Yeah. He was that guy. Question is, will he be that guy again? Yep. He's showing promising signs. But you know, we had a young man who's a predator. I'm San Diego gets six sacks when he came up against a shorty, a guy that maybe shouldn't be in the league. That's when I know you're there. The Giants put guys, they had just met him. They they just interviewed guys and put them in a game. And we get two sacks. No, you need to get five sacks if you get a shorty in front of you, if you all that. I don't know if we have anybody like that. If we if we do, they're holding talent hostage. Because I don't see the results of that. If that's who you are. I'm not saying that we have any of them, but if we do. We'd see it on the field in the game. It's not anything to be talked about. It's not a commercial. It would be in the game. And this week, again, that's your chat. The Eagles O-line is among the best in football. So if I'm a part of the commander's front and everything that's been said, this is a heavyweight championship. This is it. This is prime time, big time. It doesn't get any better, bigger or better. And everybody that is what they say they are, we'll all know by 4 o'clock on Sunday. Doc, finally here. And I'm going to do the old man get off my lawn here. Oh, no, be you. Okay. And I'm going to say this to you. When I watch. That's why people watch you. When I watch Travis Kelsey or I watch some of these tight ends and I watch guys like you, Bavaro, them dudes who were, you know, Kellen Winslow was an outlier then back in the day. Okay. But there was a different tight end and it wasn't really like, kind of like LT when he first came into the league, nobody rushed from the outside perimeter with an OLB. Nobody did that. And they had to realize, and then all of a sudden now the league has become dominant in tight ends. When you see the tight end position today, you don't, you don't label them tight ends, do you? Or do you yeah. label them something else? No. I mean, I mean, watching the Niners. But they're completely different than your style of play. It's a different – you know, it's the offense. They work within their offense. Kansas City's offense features, requires it. They got it. And, again, you got 15. But Kelsey and 15 are magical. Kettle – I mean, if you watch the Niners – Yeah. I mean, and, and they played – without Debo. And that's like taking And Trent Williams. Yeah, and and <laughs> boy do I know him. So they have two predator type talents without that they played without. But the Niners and what they've done at that position, there's some guys that are just unusual and they play within their offense well and they block and they block for receivers downfield. They block the point of attack. But they make plays in the air game. And that option route running that Kelsey does, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame talent. And he's on full display. And I haven't seen anything like it. Because the game now, and the offense, the passing game, Winslow would be the closest thing I could say. But that was with Don Coriel and Joe Gibbs in that offense. They were way ahead of, them, of themselves at the time. But Francis did some similar things. Gonzalez. 
this and I mean, he's just freaks, Hall of Fame guys that are playing now. If you can do that and win, now you got my attention. These guys ain't on last place teams doing this. They're on first place teams, <laughs> you know, doing this. And that's what and Philly has been in a similar situation now because the the receiver position they have now, what Philadelphia has done. I don't know anybody that's acquired talent as rapidly as they've done and had perfect fits for it. To me, it's amazing. Do you think, Doc, do you think that what you're seeing with Howie Roseman, he's a modern-day – Beathard? Bobby Beathard. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking about. It's not only do they hit bullseyes in what they get, whether they've done in the backfield – now, they've done it at multiple positions, both receivers, tight end, running back, quarterback, DT, linebacker, safety. They just that, made a trade for a safety. That's my point. He's aggressive while on top. Now, that shows me a lot. Nobody wants to deal business with him, and yet they're still pulling these deals off. That's executive of the year type status. I mean, they're nailing it. And they're not alone because everybody's now kind of aggressively going after this kind of talent. But can you win with it or do you just build up stats? They're winning with it. I mean, that's the most impressive thing to me. You can be on a last place team throwing the ball. You're trailing every game. You're just stacking up stats. These dudes are stacking up W's with this extraordinary talent that's unselfish. And they're working together in a way that it's beautiful. I love the game. So watching it going, even I mean, that kid in Dallas, eleven, I love him to death, because you got to kill him to not have him be a factor on the play. From any number of positions, he just makes it happen. I'm sorry Diggs went down, because I love seeing greatness at work, and now they have to compensate for that. But Lawrence inside, they're ferocious. They come up every time. There's not a third down play that they're not actively involved in, aren't they? They're never missing an action. You may get the ball off. You may score against them, but they hit you upside the head. You know, they're never no-shows. That, to me, is ultimate greatness, is that on third down is your down. You ain't missing an action. No excuses. You beat them, you beat them on the last play, and they end up hitting you on the top of the head. Your guy makes a play. It's like Montana's play, the most famous play, in, in the old stadium in San Francisco, what Joe Mont is highly contested. Down is my boy down. Everybody's doing their job. They just got it one inch over you. That to me is NFL competition at its finest. Man, I'll tell you what, I knew Bobby Bethard final years of his life when um because he lived in San Diego and he would go surfing. He liked to go surfing. This All guy was like, running so- surfing palette. He'd have been paddle balling. He'd hey, been doing whatever. Craziest thing you ever see. You go to the beach and there's Bethard out there on a surfboard. And you're like, yeah. so I get him in studio. And I was like, what were those years like in Washington? Acquiring people, inquiring. It's funny because Bethard would have been sensational today because of what you were talking about with Howie Roseman. You yeah. guys were taking people that people were going, ah, they're kind of past their prime. And, you know, they you're were doing all that. Yeah, no, no. And they had All taken right. everything from what Coach Allen did. And didn't he, in your opinion, don't you think he took with what Coach Allen did and just modified that. it 
And those guys were just great talent evaluators. Yeah. Same thing's going on down in Miami now. Yeah. You're getting innovative people, but they're also doing it now with the schemes. Yeah. They're matching. And the same thing that I have for Andy Reid and what's going on in Kansas City. When you lose a generational talent, the cheetah, and then you win the Super Bowl the next year. I know, man. I like, and then <laughs> I look at people talking, oh, they're young. Yeah, they had their defense is young, and they won the world championship with you. Now, I know they got 1587, but let me tell you, they got a lot more than that. That You're balling out. You're getting guys to play and concentrate, and they're not breaking curfews. They're not wrecking cars. There's no gun charges. They're running a clean program and kicking your behind with it, and they gave up a generational talent, a sure gold jacket participant. Cheetah is must-see. And now he's matched up with a genius in structure. It's not just one guy having a year. Everybody over there is having their year. And they're fast and furious. That's what I call them. I mean, you, you just to watch the Dolphins, I don't want to play against them. I want to watch them because <laughs> it's just fun to watch. You know, and then they get inspired. Now, so defensively, you feel like the oddball out. And I love the match. You've got a young offensive creativity guy. You go get a grizzled veteran that comes in defense. I love that match. It's old school, new school combined. They get a beautiful combination. Minnesota's doing a similar thing as well. You know, Minnesota, that win was not an accidental win. Best win, best game he's played as an – Wait, wait, you saw him in Washington. So happy you for think Kirk. that's his best game he ever played? Beat the Eagles won the won the championship at Philly. Yeah, he's he's at that level. He did it, but defensively. I mean, how about matching up oh yeah, how the Vikings Ryan Flores. Oh, love him. He got a raw deal in Miami, in my humble opinion. Yeah, he did. But he didn't let it stop him. It just made him bigger and better. And what he wait till they get wait till they get some more personnel. Wait till they can get his type of guy on defense. I mean, it's fun to watch. I love to watch people that evolve. They don't take what people give them or label them by. They recreate themselves. And the Vikings now, who have the worst perception in the world, they're, oh, yeah, they, no, they didn't blow it. They built on it. And who they beat, a lot of people considered the best team in the National Football League. And they beat them. Now, they're shorthand. Everybody has a plate with one hand behind the back every once in a while. But the Niners are big enough. If Debo plays, might have been a difference maker, but he didn't. But the Niners, I, I just love that we got guys now that are innovative, young guys, older guys, and it's a beautiful blend. And people sold out. As an, a consumer, man, it was a treat to watch that last night. In the midst of all the baseball that's going on, <laughs> you know, Philly, I'm watching the Philly – I'm watching Dusty. I'm watching all this. You're flicking around going, can I believe this? This is a phenomenal time right now seeing these athletes going all out and providing a lot of entertainment and yet selling out and giving us good ball. Doc, I can't thank you enough for our friendship, man. I love you to death. Oh, I, man, I love you, baby, man. man. Just watching you do your thing because this is Viking-type for This is Spartan-type football. You know, the way you deliver it and set it up there, man, and it's it's old school, new school. Right now, it's just the right thing. And, again, I'm happy because I know this is coming back for you. Yeah, I saw it. 
Look at hey, that, man. man. A UCLA oh. man doing that for me. Hey, man, got to. Hey, look, I saw with The Rock. We had The Rock on. I'm like, I saw you guys doing your thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it's beautiful, man. When you get Michael Irvin on, let me know. I will. Again, please. Oh, by the know. way, yeah. Ed Tutal said hi. Let me tell you what. It's a, you know, I hate saying all these good things about Cowboys, but I got to be honest with you, man. <laughs> hey, don't worry. The folks in Philly, man. They don't. They're 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 with you on this, but he. I told him this. I go. Hey, I go. Ed and I and my wife. We we love too tall. He is the quietest, He's the nicest, nicest man what? you've ever met Dave in your Bush. life. Him and I Dave like Bush. I'm getting Doc on today. He goes. You make sure you tell that man. I said hi. That dude was frightening. Most underrated like. player cowboy history. No question. Get in the stance to look at Dave Butts as I did in Cincinnati. And to see him, and when he's your assignment, the things that go through your mind, he's the biggest human being, him and Dave Butts. Yeah. And to play with Dave, played against Dave, but too tall. And you, you know, too. to see this guy, you don't know what it's like to see this guy in the three-point stands. Or we're in motion, you're going, and you know that he's your target. He's 6'9". I know it, dude. And I'm telling you, and he's and he had leverage for Big dude, yeah, and a tall guy. Most big guys, but no, he had everything, man. And he's just, and I'm so glad that you, I was able to survive it. Him playing them and and, and Randy, those guys, man. Shit, Harvey on the other side. Oh man, but Har all of them, they were so dynamic in what they did. And even though we didn't hate them, you wanted to beat them. They wanted to beat you, but the rivalry was so intense. Was John Dutton on that Cowboy D-line? Yeah, man, Dutton's on that team. But the minute, I mean, Reggie, the Eagles front, all Drone. the fronts we had to deal with. I'm going to tell you what, they go back to that green, that Kelly green. Yeah, that was that's great on Sunday. It reminded oh, me man. of Jerome. Yeah, it did. Jerome Brown, all of them that we had to deal with. And Reggie, it was just, I mean, what you had to work in our division and the Giants and, you know, LT and all of them, everybody was stacked. <laughs> so, I mean, to get through a season through that division, through the East, man, Carl Banks, Harry, I mean, it, it just. Van I, Pelt. Van, oh, Van Pelt. I had to deal with him in college. I mean, he played at the state. Michigan, Michigan state. state. We opened up with him out of UCLA. This dude was a human wrecking ball. He, I tell you, the hardest I ever got hit in my life in college. You know, he's in there killing people. And I'm telling Vermeil, let me, let me go in. Let me, I get, I went, the Met, I got hit so hard. You know, when your face hurts, <laughs> he stopped me from talking. I used to talk a lot during the game. I go, I'll go in there. Get, that dude hit me, and I said, that's it. He ended my all. I never spoke again during the game. That dude, man, I'm telling you what, the East and the guys that we had to compete against, it's just absolutely amazing that you're still alive. You can walk and talk. But those dudes were good dudes, man. It really was. And it's something that when you don't – you have ultimate respect for people you have to compete against. And we never killed anybody. They never killed us. We never killed them. They won, we won, and, and all of us. And why I love this, the East, is that we're the only conference division, rather, that everybody has a Lombardi. Absolutely, in the division. Absolutely, Doc. 
I love you very much, and I thank you so much. Our friendship goes a long way. And Forever, many, baby. Decades. Thank you again. I want to get one more you up here because I'm going to send you to the University of Miami. Yeah. Hey, Doc, thank you, my friend. You I'll see it, you down the line. All right. Love Bruins. you too, man. All good. Fantastic. Doc Walker, must listen to in the Washington, D.C. area. So many years part of the broadcast team for the Washington Commanders. Champion, and I'll tell you what, a champion human being. One of my dearest friends, and I love the guy so much. And by the way, was on in – um, DC all those years doing radio and just a must listen to guy so much. Thanks. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you guys. Please hit the like button. Xander, big Joe. We thank you tone. Don't you're killing it, man. The segments becoming something. We annihilated things yesterday, man. Good job there. Tone breaking some stories yesterday with us. We will catch you tomorrow going two to six and we shall see you on the flip side. and Hooters, the perfect pair. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that... Re At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership... We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.